Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Hello one, hello all. This is Busy Playing Something. My name is Sean and I'll be your host for today. And today I'm joined with Vinny. Hello. And also Josh. Goodbye. <laughs> you can find us on all our podcast feeds, which are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Spreaker, as well as connect with us on our social networks on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Busy Playing Something. Uh, we also have our side quests that are on Monday, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 9pm AEST, as well as our YouTube version, which is every Sunday at 9pm. Now, gentlemen, we'll be talking today about PlayStation All-Stars, our dream roster, our worst rage quit moments, as well as the state of subscription services such as Game Pass and PlayStation Now for the next generation of consoles. But firstly, I want to know, what are you guys playing? Vinny? Oh, you know me. I'm just always about the League of Legends and the Pokemon TCG Online now, which is getting pretty... It's actually pretty fun. I'm honestly enjoying it. It's a dumbed-down version of Magic the Gathering slash... Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's still really good. And then I'm um, once again playing Halo 3 online with the guys. Just dipping my toes in it, playing the campaign with our four-player co-op. It's good fun. Yeah, nice. Excellent. And yourself, Josh? Before I, I get to that, Sean, can you just say uh, batteries not included for me? Batteries not included. You've got a beautiful radio voice. Have you done this before? I did radio for a couple of years. <laughs> okay, no, that, that makes sense. Uh, playing Ghost of Tsushima still. I'm up to chapter three. Really, very much enjoying it. The game's getting better and better as it goes on. But yeah, besides that, Transformers uh, War for Cybertron Netflix series started today, came out today. Watched episode one, really good. Vinny, get on it. Sean, yeah, you too. Very nice. <laughs> Missing Peter Cullen a little bit though. That's the only, the only, I've only watched one episode, but that's the one criticism. It's just not, not the same without Peter Cullen, but... Yeah, so far so good, but that's it really. No, that's all right. And uh, for myself, thank you for asking, gentlemen. Uh, so I'm playing the, uh, the Halo Master Chief Collection. So I've started uh, from the first game, going through Combat Evolved, and I'm going to work my way through each of the Halo games. I figured it's been a while since I've started it, and I haven't played Reach since it was included in the Master Chief Collection, so I was going to give that a turn. Uh, and I've also been playing Tracks, the train set game. So that was one of the Game Pass games that's on there. It's like little wooden track trains that you're able to pick up passengers in a bedroom or a lounge room or anything like that you create the tracks in the sky it's actually a really nice little niche game so i'd recommend if you do have game pass to pick that up one up and uh, give it a go but uh firstly we are going to chop in to our first topic and that's our playstation all-stars dream roster this is it this is the, right. the topic that everyone's been waiting for <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one for I've been you, waiting for. At yeah, least. The first thing that no one asked for, but we gave it to them anyway. We're like the Batman of uh, topics. This is the Batman of topics. It's not the one they wanted, but it's the one they're getting. Is that the right the, the one, the they, right need. Quote? one they deserve? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, everybody knows Super Smash Brothers and how successful it's been on Nintendo consoles, uh, dating all the way back from the Nintendo 64 all the way to the current Switch. So PlayStation did release their All-Stars, and that was on the PlayStation 3, and was ported to the Vita as well, for those who did manage to get a copy. So the first, the first game was okay. I enjoyed it myself. Gentlemen, did you ever play it? I only played it once with Josh, and it was just... My take of it was it was not Smash Brothers, so just... <laughs> <laughs> no, Do you remember the day... 
was it Smash Brothers Ultimate? Oh, the, what was the Wii U one? Smash Brothers, is that Ultimate? Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. Yeah. The Wii U. The Wii U Smash Brothers. When that came out, I think I was working with Vinny at Game Traders on the day. Do you remember what we did? If it uh, was you? No, I don't remember at all. I, because we used to, we used to have a, a TV screen set up and a console, you know, PS3, Xbox 360 and Wii U set up, right? And as, when a new game would come out, we would put the game on and people would play in, at the store. I, I purposely put it, yeah. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale on because people were coming to play Smash Brothers. And every time they'd ask, go, no, this is what you're playing. So <laughs> buckle up. But I enjoyed the game. I, I liked, the game was okay, right? And didn't really move the needle or anything like that. I think the big issue was it copied Smash Brothers. You remember that the combat system wasn't about knocking your opponent off the stage. It was about hitting your enemy, building up a meter and then using a special move. So I liked it. I was probably one in a million. Cross buy. Yep. Buy it on PS3. Get it on Vita. <laughs> and actually, Vinny, you've reminded me, it isn't much like Smash Brothers in a sense that it's actually more closer to something like Digimon Battle Arena, if anybody's played that one. So yes. Digimon Battle Arena, yeah, you start off as Argumon and all the, uh, the lower Digimons and you've got to Digivolve during the battle. So I think it's probably a little bit close to that. But anyway, moving on, what we're doing today is we're going to work out a roster for what we would think of as a sequel. Now, we've taken a little bit of thought into what we were going to do and how we were going to plan it. And we started off with firstly choosing which characters we would have from the original lineup and deciding from those. And so that way we would have a base start. Then we each had our own lineups of around 25. We got the matching ones and we've added them along. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, look at which ones we've all voted on. And then we're going to go through the ones that uh, an odd person hasn't voted for and basically convince them otherwise. So we'll see how we go. Mm. Our initial lineup, which is our, well, our final lineup. So we've all gone with, whether one, two or three of us, for Spike from Ape Escape, Kratos from God of War, Cat and Dustra from Gravity Rush, Cole from Infamous, yeah. Jack and Daxter from Jack and Daxter, yeah. Sackboy from Little Big Planet, yeah. Sir Daniel Fortescue from Medieval, mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank from Ratchet and Clank, Yep. Sly Cooper from Sly Cooper Ooh, and yeah. Nathan Drake from Uncharted. Now, gentlemen, do you have any thoughts on that initial 10-person roster? Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Josh, in the, uh, in the media press box over here, guys, I just got one question and one question alone. Now, looking at the voting here, we all did our research. We all picked characters that we thought would be fit for the PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale 2. Yep. Vinny. The question I have is why was Nathan Drake not on your list and why are you such a fool? <laughs> well, my response to that is I knew it was a guarantee for you anyway, so I figure why waste a spot? That is actually a smart answer. You know what? <laughs> Cut this part out of the podcast. I don't want to be you know, made to sound like an idiot. Good point. That's all right. <laughs> so, Josh, with that initial 10, what are your thoughts? I'm happy with that. I think Cat from Gravity Rush is probably a little outdated. That character made sense. I think when PlayStation All-Stars came out, Gravity Rush 2 was, you know, coming out in the next six months. That made sense as a marketing thing. But if anything, I'd probably drop Cat. And that's really it. I'm happy with the others. I think Spike's an important character for PlayStation history. You know, the first game to use the analog stick. And, you know, it means something for us PlayStation dorks. But I'm happy with everything else. Okay. Vinny? Well... If you said that uh, Gravity Rush is a bit outdated, I think you should double check my list because you'll see a little bit of out, some outdated stuff, some stuff that is well beyond the time of Gravity Rush. 
<laughs> to be clear, this is our dream roster, right? So take into account, doesn't matter who owns the IP. You could put a Nintendo character on here if we wanted to, which we won't, but just keep in mind. So yeah, I think that's okay. important. I, my initial thoughts uh, from that first lineup is I think out of all of them, the one I would omit, and no, this is not uh, disagreeing with you, uh, Josh, but it would be Cole from Infamous. I think Infamous had its day on the PlayStation 3. Uh, there's been other Infamous games on the PlayStation 4. I feel like he's a little bit outdated to Gravity Rush, which, as it appears, both Cat and Dustia both appear on the PlayStation 4. But anyway, those are my thoughts. We're going to move on to the ones that we've all agreed on. And these ones, I think they're nice and easy, and all our listeners and viewers will be also agreeing with these ones. We've got Crash Bandicoot from Crash Bandicoot. We have Sora from the Kingdom Hearts series and Spyro from Spyro the Dragon. So gentlemen, you both agree with these. I agree with these. We're all pretty happy with these choices, yes? Yes. Anyone disagreed with any of those three? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we're going... So that gives us a total of 13 characters. So we might go a little bit over in terms of our character list, but what we're going to do now is go through the characters that two of the panel have voted for, and they'll try and convince the third person who didn't vote for that character to essentially vote for that character. So the first one that we have, first cab off the ranks is Astrobot. So I did not vote for Astrobot, but Vinny and Josh both did. So gentlemen, who would like to convince me otherwise? All right. So I think Astrobot is a new IP, well, not newish IP for the PlayStation franchise, exclusive to PlayStation, having its own VR game, testing the limits of VR, having its own individual platforming game. I think it's very, not iconic, but it's iconic for the PlayStation VR and deserves to have a spot on a roster where if VR is going to be pushing, this is a, makes sense for it to be a pinnacle part of the PlayStation All-Stars 2 lineup. Okay. And Josh, your thoughts? Right. Where do we begin with Astrobot? So developed by Studio Japan. So again, a long PlayStation history there. So Astrobot, for those who don't remember, actually had its debut with the PS4 in Astrobot's Playroom. So that was an inbuilt kind of interactive thing there. Astrobot VR, extremely successful. And then we've got the new Astrobot game that's being built in with every PS5 game, uh, every PS5 console at launch. So everyone that picks up a PS5 is going to experience Astrobot in one way or another. I think as a character, it has capacity to be popular. I think if you, if you cast your minds back to Little Big Planet, Sackboy was actually pretty popular back in its day. Uh, and I think Astrobot has potential to, to fill a void in kind of the PlayStation IP. And I think he's an important character. Okay. So, gentlemen, yeah. I've had a bit of a think. And I agree that he should be part of the roster purely because I think he was a character that's pushed forward the VR notion of the PlayStation consoles. And yes, he will have his own game, which will be made on every PS5. It's going to be available. He's going to be around, whether or not we like him. And yet, there was a comparison with Sackboy, although I think I, I don't like, like Sackboy for other reasons, but uh, because I think he was a cheap character in the first game. But I agree that Astrobot, even though he might not be a good character, just in the first wise, game. Was it Sorry? just in the first game? Was it just in the first game you thought he was a cheap character? 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's going to be cheap in the second game. We all know that. Okay. Uh, his moveset's <laughs> going to carry over. Uh, but I, I think that Astrobot, he might not be a good character in terms of moves, etc. He might not be a selectable character, but the fact that he's on the roster would make a lot of sense. So I'm going to agree with you, gentlemen, and I'm going to go put Astrobot on the roster. So Maybe. now we've got 14 out, so we're going to move to the next one. And I don't think this is going to happen for every uh, character that we do in this order, ladies and gentlemen. And if we do fulfill our roster, we can always do DLC packs or post our lists online, which you will see. So the next character is Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. And I'll also throw in Sephiroth from Final yeah. Fantasy VII. So both of these are pretty topical since Final Fantasy was remade for the PS4. Now, for both of those characters... Myself and Josh voted for them. Vinny did not. So, Josh, would you like to start with your argument for having Cloud and Sephiroth in the game? Yeah, look, I think realistically, given the list, we could probably get away with one or the other. I would, wouldn't mind having two. Smash Brothers can get away with 30 million Fire Emblem characters. Why can't we have two Final Fantasy VII characters? So... You know, Final Fantasy VII, the original game exclusive to the PS1. So there's a, you know, history and heritage there. We know Cloud is in Smash Brothers for whatever reason. But as Sean mentioned, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake is a timed exclusive on the PS4. I think it's just a perfect matchup, right? You, you can imagine using Omni Slash as a special move. He's got the sword. Same thing with Sephiroth. So again, I think definitely Cloud because he's Cloud, you could make a case to have one or the other. I wouldn't mind having both, but definitely I think cloud is a must uh, for a PlayStation All-Stars 2. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. I loop them in for a reason together in the same category because they're both from the same game series. So I figured it would make sense that they will both be part of this argument. If I had to pick one, I would actually pick Sephiroth personally because of the fact that nobody's been able to play as Sephiroth in a game but we have had the opportunity to play as Cloud. And I understand that Cloud would most likely be the one to be on an original roster. I think that Sephiroth would be perfect for a first DLC for the game. In saying that, I think they both should be part of the game because Final Fantasy VII is synonymous with PlayStation, even though it will be released on other consoles. And it just makes a lot of sense as what Josh is saying. So Vinny, has either one of us convinced either. you? I kind oh, of agree with Sean, to be you've, honest. <laughs> you've convinced me. I just think that it was a bit of an obvious choice. I didn't want to have characters that are in the Smash Brothers series be in the All-Star series. So that's why I went around. I kind of took a different take on a Final Fantasy VII character, which we'll see a little bit later, and that I thought mm. would be uh, more suited for a Smash fighting game, an All-Star game, if you will. Uh, I think if I had to choose one, I would choose, I would choose Sephiroth as well. He, you haven't been able to play him. You haven't been able to play him in a game other than Final Fantasy Dissidia, and that Dissidia game series. So to play to play a villain is always really fun because you get seat up to side and have a move set. I would agree to have Sephiroth if two against one. Clouds in there too, but mm. uh, first choice would be Sephiroth. All yeah. right, I'm happy. So, with that. yeah, you're happy with that, Josh? Happy with that compromise? Yeah, we'll get we'll get Cloud as a DLC character. All right, excellent. So Sephiroth has been included into the lineup. Our next one, which is another one, uh, and these next few are actually uh, both chosen by myself and Josh. So Vinny, uh, there's a lot of uh, thinking for you to do. So the next one is Jin Sakai from Ghost Tsushima. Mm. So very mm. recent game. So it hasn't had that much of an impact as some of the other ones that we've already had. 
However, I think when I, I speak for both Josh and I, when I say that this game will go down as a very good game for the PlayStation 4 and most likely for PlayStation 5, and Jin Sakai will be one of those characters that people will think of uh, going down the line. So I'm not sure if Josh has anything more to add to that. No, I think the character of Jin himself isn't anything exciting, right? He doesn't stand out as, as a Nathan Drake or even a Kratos, but I think as a series... The game clearly has legs. Let's not forget there was a second Mongol invasion. So there's your there's your sequel. But I think moving forward, we're going to get a Ghost of Tsushima 2. Jin's going to be... I haven't finished it, so I don't even know if he survives. But, you know, I if he is alive, I think he would probably be a great uh, character for the second game. I could picture the moveset. You've got your different stances or stances. As for some reason, we were British in the last episode. But, yeah, I think, I think you've got to have Jin. Vinny, what are your thoughts? Uh... I didn't pick Jin because A, I thought one of you two would have picked him and B, because I haven't <laughs> played the game yet. But judging by what you guys referred to in our last episode, how he has the different stances, you know, spear, like shield stance, all that things. Mm-hmm. He yep. reminds me of a character who would play similar to Shulk in the latest yep. Smash Brothers series. Yep. So having a different moveset, depending on like pressing down, picking a certain option and then completing that. It makes sense to have him in the game, especially if it's got longevity as a franchise, to have it yeah. in the PS5. So you do think that Jin should be part of the roster? Yeah, I'll allow it. He's a samurai. He likes fighting. Cool. It just makes sense. Mm. You can do... Oh, you can, his special move could be the standoff, right? And it's like everyone slowly walks to him. Yes! All right. He's, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. And Josh, yeah, you, you have reminded me about those stances and I, I agree. It definitely does remind me of Shulk and I think out of all the characters so far, he's probably most viable. But anyway, we're going to move on to another character who could be viable, however, is part of a game series that's pretty popular. And this is Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. So both myself and... And Josh have voted for Aloy. Uh, Josh, I'll let you take the reins on this one. Why did you pick Aloy? Well, Aloy sold... So Horizon sold 11 million units on the PS4, right? Let's keep that in mind, Ben, when you're thinking. The game is coming to PC, so it's clearly got legs. It's a new IP, female protagonist, bow and arrow, killing giant robot dinosaurs. Come on. Yeah. There's my case. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, if I was to add anything, it, it's only that I think Horizon is a very good first party uh, series mm. for the PlayStation. And if we're going to include a character such as Astrobot, I think that Aloy, ne- or sorry, Aloy needs to be included, especially since the game series is, sorry, Aloy, is it? Aloy, yeah. Perfect. Okay. So I, I seriously think that Aloy will be part of PlayStation moving forward. Oh, yeah. She must be in it. Yeah. Vinny, have we convinced you? You have, because now that you reminded me that Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is a game and it's a thing that's happening on PS5, it just makes sense. <laughs> All right. Nice and easy. So the next one we're going for is a, a little, <laughs> little bit different. And this one is Knack from the video game series Knack. So both Josh and I voted for Knack. <laughs> Uh, Josh, I'll let you take the lead on this one as well. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose Knack? Again, Studio Japan, Mark Cerny, system architect for the PlayStation 4, PS5, and the Vita, of course. This is his love child, 
It's Knack. It's it's a meme at this point. Knack Knack is 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 everything. Knack two was everything. So you got to have Knack, and I can picture the gameplay. You know, he, he grows really big. He shrinks. He does all this stuff. He's just he's Knack. Did you just Come say on. Knack two is everything? Knack two is everything. <laughs> yeah. Knack, Knack was like a meme when it came out. It was like our Lord and Savior Knack. It was just like this thing for some reason. People thought it's our Lord and Savior Knack because it was the only viable game on the PS4 when it came out. That was the first game. That was the yeah. first knack. So possibly there wasn't really much there at launch, but you gotta you gotta have him in one shape or form. Even if it's a DLC or something, knack's gotta be there. It's just that joke character. This, the hidden boss at the very end of the game. That'd be fantastic. I, I honestly think that knack wouldn't necessarily be a joke character. I think he'd be seriously viable because of the way that he's able to grow in the game. And that throws me back to the Digimon Battle Arena reference that I made where they're digivolving through the game. I think that Knack can do that during the game to pop off his super when he gets large. So I, I, I think he's absolutely viable for this sort of game that PlayStation All-Stars is really pushing. So Vinny, have we convinced you for Knack? He just, the game just failed and I don't think they're making another one. So, I mean, it's two against one. So he's getting on the roster regardless. I just don't agree with it. Oh, you don't necess- he doesn't necessarily have to get on the roster if you, you don't agree with him. Uh, I feel like I'll agree. I agree. He probably won't, he won't probably come back. I think Astrobot has filled that, that spot for platformer, 3D platformer. I agree. I agree. I think as a hidden boss, we could probably get him in. We'll put him as a non-playable hidden boss. There you go. We'll we'll put it. We'll put Knack to the side because not all three of us uh, went for him. We'll move on to the next one. So the next one, both myself and Vinny voted for. So this will be a little bit different. We're going to say whether or not Rayman should be part of PlayStation All-Stars. So, Vinny, it's been a while since we've heard from you about why you think a character should be in it. Why do you think? Well, every time I think of Rayman, I think of Rayman 1 and 2 on the PS1. And just, like, mm-hmm. those great games. And then Rayman Origins came out on the PS3 when it, as an exclusive, timed exclusive at the time. I'm pretty sure. And it was just, it was a phenomenal game. The artwork, if you were going to put a Rayman character, you'd put him in, you could give him, like, an alternate skin, giving him the Rayman Origins look and then given the polygon look, I think would be really cool. But he he's proved that he, you know, he's got the dash, he's got a move set that could easily work with any with uh, a PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale game. Do you have anything else you would like to add? Yep. Sure. I think that it's not because of the game series. I think that Rayman would be part of the lineup because of his viability as a character. Yes, because of his move set and that sort of thing. I do know that Rayman was part of a Smash Brothers style game. Uh, I've forgotten the name of it, but I do know that he was part of it. And the gameplay in his games is very similar to how a 2D fighter would play. So that's why I chose Rayman to be part of it because it just, it makes sense from a character perspective. Not necessarily the get, like not necessarily the, the character is in from the game series, mm. just the character and his move set. And the fact that he's had a history with PlayStation that was the reason why I chose him. So, Josh, your thoughts? I don't know if he's roster worthy. I just don't wow. think he has. You think that's more roster worthy? No, I just think how many how many platformer mascots can we fit on this list? Like, where's Croc at this point? If we're going to do that, so I'm just I'm just thinking. Okay. 
balancing so, the list. You know, we've got some so serious characters. Sorry, yeah, sorry sure. Josh, for interrupting you. Uh, I was going to say, if that's the case, if you had to pick between Rayman or Knack, now, obviously, you have picked Knack in your, in your roster. Would you still pick Knack over Rayman? I think so. I think as a character in the PlayStation sphere, Knack just has this... It's the meme. Okay. You know what I mean? It's the all meme. Right, so, yeah, so, okay. No, that's all right. So, what we can do is... Because uh, Rayman has the two votes and not the three, we'll put him to the side, same as Knack. We will move forward. We, can pull him we don't want to take too much time on this. Mm, so mm, the mm. next one that we've got uh, will be a little bit controversial, mm. considering it's not. it technically is a Sony IP, but it's not a PlayStation IP. And this is Spider-Man. Now, he's been part of a lot of different Marvel games. There's Marvel vs. Capcom and all that sort of stuff. So we know that Spider-Man's been part of all of those 2D fighting games. I said that he should be part of it. Now, I didn't say which Spider-Man. It could be the Miles Morales version. I'm okay with that. Hmm. Uh, we also had Josh say that Spider-Man should be part of the roster. So, Josh, what was your thinking behind Spider-Man as a choice? If there's no rules in terms of legalities, who owns the IP, and you can do whatever you want, I think Spider-Man's a perfect fighting game character. Think of the moveset. I think you can have Miles and, and Peter Parker Spider-Man just be different skins. That would be okay, too. Why not? He's, you know, he's a pretty big PlayStation franchise. I know Spider-Man goes beyond everything, but you got to do it. But you, you would pick Spider-Man over Knack. Yeah, if I had to make the choice, Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be crucified online if I said I want. Knack I think I think Knack is game. going to be Knack is going to be kind of the ledger, the the mark where we say, but would you have it over Knack? Is, so anyway, is there a meme character in Smash? Like, is there a character like you know how I keep referring to Knack as the meme? Is there a character yeah. in the fight that's like he's been there forever? No one really likes him, but he's always there. I wouldn't necessarily be there forever, but Duck Hunt was definitely one. Yeah, uh, I think he's a meme. Yeah, Pac-Man was one. In all honesty, yeah, there are a couple. Here we go, Spider-Man, fourteen million sales. Yeah, he's going in. Put him on the list. <laughs> all right. Well, we're not trying to convince you. We're trying to convince Vinny. Oh, oh Vinny, so. put him on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's in one hundred percent. He's one of my favorite superheroes of all time. I agree with Sean, uh, Josh saying that he would have a different skin for Miles or Peter Parker, or even Scarlet Spider-Man or Spider-Man twenty ninety-nine. They can have different things completely. And he already knows we have a we already know he has an established moveset because he's in Marvel vs. Capcom series, so he is kick clearly work, viable character, put him in. All right, excellent. So we're going to move to the next one, and this is the last one where two of us have voted for. Mm -hmm. So then we're gonna move into the single votes, which is gonna be a lot more interesting. So the last one that we have for the double votes, both myself and Vinny voted for her. It's Lara Croft Tomb Raider. So and Josh has got a side because he knows he knows that Lara Croft's going to be part of the roster. But just for argument's sake, Vinny, why did you pick Lara Croft Tomb Raider? I think she is a timeless character that has, you know, gone the age of consoles from generation to generation. And she, she's a franchise that is just going to keep on going in herself, having, you know, Shadows of the Tomb Raider and Shadows of the Tomb Raider being games currently. And think... 100% there'll be a game for next gen as well. It just makes sense to have her as a roster. Strong female character as well. No harm not putting her in. If you haven't don't have that many. If, in all honesty, we don't have that many uh, strong females. We've got Cat and Duster. And then we have to go all the way down to... Aloy, yeah, right? 
Aloy. Mm. So not a lot. Oh, thanks. Put, pin that one on me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, are you going to say no or? Well, they did have Rise of the Tomb Raider, a timed exclusive on Xbox. Let's not forget that whole. I don't know. I just. If you're having Nathan Drake. That's why I don't want Lara Croft. Yeah, I'm like, the moveset is the same that, yeah. character. You can have I can understand Velcro. that. I still think that for myself personally, when I think Tomb Raider, I think PlayStation. Mm. Yeah, I'm and, gonna have to say no on it. I just think based on the third, if we're doing thirty, even if we do twenty-five, wow. there's a lot of characters down there that I think are more worthy than Lara. Can't believe it. No, that's all right. Wow. Okay, so anyway, we've got four characters on the side. We currently have a total of eighteen characters in the roster, and we've got a fair few to get through in terms of single vote. So we're up to the single vote characters and these characters, one of us is going to try and convince the other two that this character should be part of the roster. So our first one, and remember, this is in alphabetical order and not by most important, is Ezio from Assassin's Creed. So Vinny, you were the one who chose Ezio. Why do you think Ezio should be part of this game? Good pick. I just think he has a viable kit for a fighting game. Very stealthy, very sneaky. He's got the, obviously the wrist blades as well. And when I think Assassin's Creed, I don't think any of the new characters, I think Ezio or Altair, but mainly Ezio because he went through Revelations Brotherhood and two. So he's got, he's got that strong foundation for a character and he's an assassin. He's got a, his move kit would be insane. Just think from oh, not, not, and the Assassin's Creed franchise is obviously ongoing. You could eventually have different skins, still having this mm. relatively the same kit for different versions of which assassin you wanted to play. I think he's very viable. Fun for the whole family. Requiesta de pace. That's it. Requiesta. Requiesta de pace. Anyway. I love this. Uh, yeah, gosh. I think it's awesome. Yep, put him in. You reckon put him in? <laughs> I just think, so, I agree with Vinny. In terms of Assassin's Creed characters, Ezio's transcended beyond any of the other ones he's got his own animated show or he had an animated movie or a series or something along those lines yep he's italian there's that <laughs> he's on my list yeah I, I agree i think and you can have all the different skins and you can swap in any other assassin i guess but Ezio, i think so okay as an assassin's creed character yes as a character for this roster i think no Ooh. and my primary Ooh. reason and this is going to bite me in the butt later on, I know, is that he is already part of Soul Calibur V's lineup. And the way that they did him, I don't think worked. Yes, he was a popular character online, especially after Soul Calibur IV had Darth Vader and Yoda. Soul Calibur V, he was the big key, keynote player. And he was terrible to play as. Because of that, and I'm sorry to say, I don't think he is a viable character for this game. Not, not to jump on Vinny's convincing train here, but is it different though? Because that's a one-on-one fighter where it's very, you know, Street Fighter-esque where it's just cameras zoomed in. This yeah. is, I can imagine him kind of jump stealthing and doing the assassinations from the different level and jumping down, different weapons. I don't weapons. think you can do stealth assassinations but, because you'll be able to see him. Or you can go like, invisible. So, he puts a hood on and it's like, you know, in the game where I, they put a hood can, on, he walks can, in with this couple of chicks and everyone's like, oh, where is he? He can do the same thing. I can understand. But even if, even if I wasn't to use Soul Calibur as a reference, I don't, think, I don't think a PlayStation when I think Assassin's Creed, I think Ubisoft taking my money. So 
his it's, special it's very, move. He makes you sign up for Ubi Ubi Play. Yeah, I, I thought That's his special move was going to be Eagle Vision, so we can see all the other characters. Um, I yeah, I, I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, enough. because he didn't get my vote. Uh, we can put him to the side with two votes and he can go in our little pool, which we can always look back to if we don't make a full roster. So don't worry. These characters, even though they don't get picked by the entire panel, they will have a second chance. So the next one is another one by Vinny. And we've got a few by Vinny in a row. And that's purely due to alphabetization. So the next one that we've got is The Hunter from Bloodborne. Now, Josh, you chose The Hunter. Why? I think you got to have a From Software character on this list at some point. You know, Demon's Souls is exclusive to, to PlayStation and Bloodborne really, I think, introduced a lot of people to those Bourne-style games. It's sold extremely well. I think the Hunter is synonymous with the PlayStation brand. I can picture the combat. He's got the big scissor weapon thing. I, I think he's just a perfect, perfect character for this game. I, I can't imagine him not being on a PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. Uh, I don't agree because the fact that there is going to be a Demon Souls remake on the PS5, so why not have the Demon Souls protagonist in the next-gen character? I guess to answer that, I think the Demon Souls character is a bit... It's just a guy in armour, really. I think this guy's got a good look. It's clearly identifiable on the screen in terms... You know, PlayStation All-Stars, again, like Smash Brothers, the camera zoomed out. I think the Hunter as a design, as a moveset, is a bit... It, he will stand out from just a guy in armour with a sword. I know there's different variants and all that in, in Demon's Souls and whatever, but I just think the Hunter, the look with the hat, I just think you gotta, you got to have him. I'm going to agree with Vinny. However, I think that he is absolutely viable for a DLC pack. I do not think he would make the starting roster, but I definitely think there would be some hype using him in a DLC pack when Dark Souls gets its remaster because it's from software. Mm, mm. So I so it's so it's a no, but it's a yes. So it's a I, no right uh, now. It's a no right now. So I'm gonna put the hunter to the side. Uh, the next one that we have is also from Josh and this is Alucard from Castlevania. So can you please remind us Josh which Castlevania is Alucard from and why did you pick him? He's in a few, but I think when you think Alucard, you think Symphony of the Night, which is arguably one of the best PlayStation 1 games of all time. Again, it's Alucard. You can picture the moveset. He turns into a bat. He turns into a wolf. He's got that sidestep where it's all glittery. He's got his sword. He's a vampire. Come on. Konami's doing nothing with him. Yeah. Let PlayStation take him and look after him for a little bit. You can say Nintendo did that about a few characters for Super Smash Brothers. Um, yeah, but anyway, Vinny... like, take them. We're not using them. <laughs> yeah. So, Vinny, uh, has Josh convinced you about Alucard from Castlevania? Yes. Yes, I think that would be a really cool... The, the moveset itself, you know, the transformation ability and then the phasing almost... You do it like a parry where he turns the glitter or he shimmers. As You're his... a fighting game guy. You can picture it, yeah? Yeah, I can yeah. definitely picture visually how it would work. And it'd be really cool. Okay. Well, I, I'm actually going to agree as well. Uh, I do know that there are some Castlevania characters from the in the Super Smash Brothers series. However, I think Alucard is different, and I think it's definitely one, uh, especially as a Konami IP, that is needed in a PlayStation mm. Battle Royale game. So I'm going to include him in Ooh. the uh, the roster because all three of us have agreed. 
Yeah, and that's and the first one. Yeah, from there you our go. Single votes. There's a first. Sorry, what was everything. that? I was just going to say, uh, like Simon, uh, the Castlevania characters, the Belmonts, they're very iconic with Nintendo going back to NES, right? So the mm. the whip that makes sense. But si- uh, Alucard and is just kind of geared towards, I think PlayStation and I think Alucard, which clearly we all agree. But yeah, okay, no I worries. That's all right. No further justification is required. Uh, for this one, however, we will need some justification, and that's from Vinny. And it's Croc from the Croc series. You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I was trying to think of some niche content for you, Josh. I've got George. the first games on PS1. I, I Croc. I remember playing Croc when I was at the Royal Children's Hospital as a kid. I've got Croc. Yeah. Croc See, is Croc viable. Hits the nostalgia button just right. You could have him as a. You could have him as the Rayman clone. Oh wait, sorry, Rayman's not making it in. But nice. I was kind of thinking of how, <laughs> how you have the characters got no arms. So He's yeah, I was. Game. I was kind of thinking of how you have Fox and Falco as a clone in Smash Brothers with slightly different movesets. I was kind of having my theory was to have Rayman Croc because they're very similar games, the three platformer series, and they could have very similar movesets as well. That was my theory going in, but considering Rayman didn't make it thanks to someone, you're welcome. Then, then there's no hope for Croc. Just throw him. He's so, I'd rather have Nack in the game. Josh, it's a no for me. It's a no, so from, no you. from you. And why is that? Because you said no to Rayman? No, because Croc's important to <laughs> us, but to the majority of people, no one knows. They're like, oh, Yoshi's in this, Yoshi's in this game. Oh, that's cool. It's no our really dream know. roster. It's yeah, our I know, dream roster. I can't. I can't. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Josh, but I've got the original games. So I'm 110% going for Croc. Uh, Croc was in my honorable mentions. I couldn't find a place for him in my list, but I 100% believe that he should be part of this list due to nostalgia, but also much like a game such as Gex 64, I really want to see a remaster uh, coming soon. And I think that having Croc in the roster will be perfect. However, it is a two to one vote. So unfortunately he does not get automatic entry in. So he goes to the side. If Croc ends up on this list, this will be one of those episodes you're going to listen back to in a few years. I, I love, I've got Croc. I've, I, I know Croc. I know him well. <laughs> we, we you, will, you've, you've already won by not having him on the list. Why just, go further? Because <laughs> it's just to, to cement the fact, Vinny, there's no way Croc's going on this list. And Sean, moving on. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we will move on. Um, and this time we do have a few from Vinny. So the first one is the Digimon Tamer from Digimon World. Now I'm guessing that this is going to be similar to a Pokemon trainer from Super Smash Brothers. Vinny, did you want to give us a little bit more on that? Yeah, well, Digimon World on PS1 being one of my favorite games of all time, them having three, so Digimon World 2 and 3 and Digital Card Battle on the PlayStation and having Digimon World 4 and Rumble Arena 2 on the Great. PlayStation 2. And mm. oh yeah, so there's a long history with PlayStation exclusive Digimon games. And the way I was thinking about it is that it would play similar to Pokemon Trainer, like you would say, except swapping in and out of evolutions instead of different Pokemon. So you could go Agumon, Greymon, Metal Greymon, War Greymon, and then back to Agumon. So you have different move sets for those individually. Mm. And also, Sean has been referencing Digimon Rumble Arena this entire as a reference to the character so it makes sense if he's going to play it if he's going to reference the character and have him as an argument to put him in there just put him in there 
You'd have Ty Kamir, like digi-destined to Agumon. Have him in there. It'd be great. Vinny, how many episodes did we do just us? 14, right? Because yeah. Sean came in. Vinny rarely gets excited, right? I, I, we've, we've had <laughs> topics galore. We've spoken about everything and anything. And I, I purposely kept my eye on Vinny every time Sean said Digimon. And Vinny's just like... So you, that's my chair squeaking, by the way. I'm not... Yeah. But he's visually excited, which gets me excited because I like seeing Vinny excited. You know what I mean? So, okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> I definitely like the fact that a Digimon character is making the franchise because there are a fair amount of Digimon games on PlayStation 4, for example. So I think that makes a lot of sense. The Digimon Tamer part, I'm very 50-50 about. I understand that it would be used in a similar sort of vein to Pokemon Trainer, but I think you may as well just cut the middleman and go straight for Argumon because we know that that's the one that everyone thinks of. Yeah, and the, the theory was to go from Argumon, but for the tamer to be the one to have him evolve and devolve because so he kind of yeah. comes in as a special yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the Digimon franchise, they can't evolve on their own. They need their partner. So okay. that was the theory. So you, you have him evolve or revert. So that way, you know, Agumon could be faster. Greymon could be just slower. Mm. War Greymon could be more powerful. So that was the theory I was having with that. So basically the character would be say Agumon, but, Digimon Tamer is used as the facilitator to make him a viable character. Correct. Instead of just picking Argumon as a Digimon itself. Yes. Okay, Josh, final words? I like the idea, Vinny. I like where you're going. You're picking it. I can, I can see it. However, no. I don't want to lock him in to the list just yet. I don't... I wouldn't cry... I think we've got it. another five. Like we've, we've already got 19 characters in the list. I could That's already a- see from my mind another six that would make up the initial roster. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So got six I spots think left. You can't be making it. Six spots less left, and we've got twenty-three to go. Yeah. Sorry, Vinny. So, sorry, twenty-one to go. So, what we'll sorry. do is we'll put Digimon Tamer to the side. That's okay. We'll go to the next one, uh, and I can tell you right now from me, it's a hard no. But we'll move. We'll ask Vinny anyway. God damn Goku it, Vinny. You Dragon try Ball. it every time, don't you? <laughs> what? Just Goku have a from Dragon Ball. Why? Yeah. Well, just because he's Budokai Tenkaichi. Yeah, the the Budokai Tenkaichi series. That was going to be it. The PS2 exclusive games that brought me a lot of joy, and then the HD remakes of Budokai and Budokai Three on the PS3. They were games I really enjoyed as a kid, and that's why I would like to see this character in the game not because he's in jump force all stars not because he's in his own fighting game now with dragon ball fighters or xenoverse mm. he he extends over a broad series of games so if you want to leave him out of here i perfectly understand why because he's got enough of the spotlight fair enough i can't see kratos fighting goku i just can't see it goku would destroy i, I kind of i kind of agree i i think that the idea of Goku itself in a game like this would be like placing Superman in and not Injustice style because Injustice was able to have its justification in the end. Mm. But with Goku, I feel like he's out of place. I do understand that it is pandering 
and that and that's okay because that's that's what you want to do in these sorts of dream rosters. I think it's a little bit too much. Mm. Uh, I, I don't worry. I, I I would be okay if Goku turned up a little bit later on as like a second or third DLC or something like that. But I don't want him as part of the initial roster because if this game was to go live, guess who everyone is going to use? Yeah. Yeah. In Vinny's defense though, it would be funny. You know how, I think it's like a meme, right? Put Goku in Smash. Like it's been a thing forever. It'd be funny. Never went into Smash, but he ended up on thinking. But then the meme dies. Yeah. Nah, we can't put it. We can't in good conscience. The meme dies. Not put Nak in and put Goku. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if we put Goku in, Knack is an automatic inclusion because we all want to see Goku versus Knack. Exactly. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm okay so, with him having completely out. I, 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 yeah, I, I completely just, uh, out. Take him out. Yeah. All right, completely out. No worries. We'll move Screw on to the next Goku. one. And we've got two of them here, and they're both from the Final Fantasy series. So we've got Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy VII and oh. Yuna from Final Fantasy X and X2. Now, Vidi, you chose both of these lovely ladies. What is your reasoning? And don't say because they're not cloud. <laughs> well, don't say because they've got... No, I'm not going to say it. No. So <laughs> my first instinct for a Final Fantasy character was Tifa because she seems yeah. like the most fighting game character there is in this franchise. She is a brawler. And you can tell from her moveset, she just, just punches. That's it. She punches and kicks and just has a hell of a good time doing it. There's no <gasps> reason for... Coming? That's okay. So oh. that leads me to the Final Fantasy X character, which is Yuna. Yuna having her, she is a mage in the first game or Ten Two series. She could have a kind of like how my theory of Yuna was going from Zelda to Sheik. So she could go from Summon to Gunslinger, which she goes from Ten to Ten Two. That was my theory. So, and the Final Fantasy X is my favorite Final Fantasy X. Like, it's, it's my favorite Final Fantasy of all time. All right. That's why. So, it's my dream roster. I wanted Yuna in. I didn't want another sword character because I thought they'd be enough. I'm scarred from Smash Brothers. So, I felt something with a little bit of a different kit. She has fire, thunder. She's a mage. And also, she's a gunslinger. So, she can work both ways. But Tifa, Tifa works just as a fighting character. At work. Synonymous, right? Yes. Okay. So, but Josh, before you give your thoughts, I'd like to give mine. I have a feeling that, especially with the fact that we've mentioned Cloud, Sephiroth, Tifa, and Yuna, all as Final Fantasy characters, I am okay to have a Final Fantasy DLC pack when Part 2 gets released in 2038. I I think that that would be viable. Therefore, they would not be part of the initial roster. They would be included down the line. I wouldn't be okay with Tifa and Yuna both being part of Mm. the main roster, I think that if you were to bundle them together with Cloud, and even if we don't have Sephiroth as part of the original roster, which I think we should, uh, and I think we already do. No, we do. We don't have Cloud, yeah. Yeah, we don't have Cloud. I think that the three of them bundled together, you know what? Throw in Titus and his balls, his blitz balls. (laughs) Oh, it's Walker. I think think that that... Clarifying. (laughs) You're welcome. I think that that would be a viable DLC option. I don't think part of the main game. So, Josh, do you want to give your thoughts? It's so tough because you guys know I'm so... I think of these things so as if they're really happening. Yes. And if if they, this was really happening and they did get Final Fantasy rights, I think they might actually have all three characters is in terms of Cloud, Sephiroth, and Tifa just because of their success, they're synonymous. They've all got different movesets. 
I, I don't have any connection to any other Final Fantasy game besides Seven. I think Tifa makes sense from what I know of Tifa. I don't know who the other character is in terms of playstyle. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have Tifa on there purely based on looking at the list. I don't see another brawler character that we've got that can get really up and close and personal with maybe Jin Jin and maybe Sephiroth, right? In terms of getting up and close. Every, everyone else, you look at Aloy, bow and arrow, you look at, uh, you look at Spider-Man, he's probably swinging across the screen. Astro Ball, electricity. I would say, I would say we put Tifa on there and she's popular. Everyone loves Tifa. Best girl. Isn't that what they say? Isn't that what the, uh, the manga anime people say, Vinny? <laughs> yes. Best girl? They say. Tifa, best girl. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So unfortunately, Tifa didn't get the three votes, but she got the mm. two. Uh, and Yuna got the two, got one from me. Yeah. Um, so like technically, so we're going to put them to the side and we're going to move on to the next lot. So this is a couple from me. The first one is Atreus from God of War. Now, I think that because of the success of God of War, and it is very Boy. much a changing of the guard uh, game. I do think that as much as we have Kratos already from the original lineup, and we've already agreed on that, that's he's already part of our initial 10, I think it would make a lot of sense for a first-party IP to have a second character moving forward to the next generation. Atreus makes a lot of sense, especially if, we're getting another, if we get another God of War and he's a little bit more grown up, it makes a lot of sense for me. So I'll leave it to you guys. Uh, we'll start with Vinny. I think Josh has a lot of thoughts. So we'll go to him last. So Vinny, you first. I just, I agree. I think it would make sense for him to have him in the game. If we're having one bow and arrow character, much as uh, Aloy from Horizon, yeah. it would, and to have, like I said, it is a first part. It is a Sony IP exclusive. It would make sense synonymous. to have him in there. Synonymous. You think of God of War. You think of Boy. Boy. That's it. Okay. Are we going Josh. to me? Yeah. Yep, we're going to you. You know what? I think Atreus would make PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 3's list. Like, maybe after God of War 2. I don't think he's... he's not <laughs> we're not there. even looking at DLC packs anymore. We're looking at I'm already, sequels. I'm already planning the third game. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's there yet. <laughs> Okay, no, that's all because right. So I can see anyway, it. But yeah. He's got his little summons, you know, the, the wolves running across the screen. He's got his electricity arrows. I could see it. It just wouldn't make sense. It'd just be, it'd be weird. It's like having, it's like having Token Bentley. character? Yeah, it just doesn't really make sense. Like it's just kid with arrow at this point in time. I think okay. Atreus will evolve clearly if you play the game. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's maybe in PlayStation All Stars Three. That put him in that list. When we do the next list for the third game <laughs> in a couple of years' time. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so the next one that I have is from a much loved IP. It's the Little Grand Theft Auto series. series. It's Grand Theft Auto Five, and out of the three main characters, I chose Trevor because he likes to blow things up. I think that he was very much a reflection on a lot of people who play the Grand Theft Auto games. And that's and that's the that's the idea of what Rockstar that's what the idea of what Rockstar tried to do. So they tried to show the oh I want to blow everything up. I want to kill everybody. I get angry really quickly. And so they put all of these personality traits 
into a character and that character was Trevor. And I think that it would make a lot of sense to have him as part of this game. Maybe not necessarily in terms of what the character can do in terms of moves and its moveset and all that sort of stuff, but because of what Trevor holds to a lot of PlayStation players, because Grand Theft Auto V is mostly mostly associated with PlayStation 4, not necessarily Xbox One. So that was my thinking. So gentlemen, I'll start with you, Josh. What do you think about Trevor? I've got to say no. Purely based on it's just guy. It's just a dude. It's just a dude with a dirty singlet on with a gun. Like it's not, I think this game would be like anim, like more animated. The first PlayStation All-Stars look weird because Kratos looks super realistic and he's going up against Sackboy. I'm seeing this being a bit more animated. Therefore, I can see Trevor being a bit more goofy and kind of being a, a play on himself. But I just think looking so at the like lineup. Colonel Reddick from Killzone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just looking at the list, he's just he's just guy with gun. Angry guy okay. with gun. Yeah, angry guy with gun. All right. Vinny, do you think he's just angry guy with gun? I was going to say no for the reasons that I think you mentioned, Sean, is that, that his moveset just wouldn't be there for me. Okay. I yep. just don't think he'd be a viable option. And then, like you said, having... You literally spoke about having uh, Goku go up against... You know, Sackboy, Kratos going up against Trevor would just be... (laughs) Yeah, it would just be a little bit ridiculous. So I would have to say no, just purely on his moveset. On that point... That's all right, yeah? Trevor would love to go up against Fat Princess. I think he would. I think Trevor would go love to go up against uh, Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. Mm. Mm. So anyway... We'll leave that there. (laughs) We'll we'll move on. So, So that's a no. That's a no. That's all right. So we're going to another one. And this one is also by me. Uh, It's another Kingdom Hearts character. And this one is Riku. So Sora, we have... We've (laughs) all agreed that Sora should be part of the game as one of the initial Mm. roster. I think that if you are going to go for a second character, and this is my thinking for a lot of these characters, you'll notice. I picked Atreus from God of War. This is another one. Riku from Kingdom Hearts. You've got one character from a game series, and if it's synonymous with the platform and, and PlayStation in general, you may as well add a second one. It's, it's Luigi to Mario, Riku to Sora. It, you've got the Keyblade, you've got your Dark Riku. It makes a lot of sense. Maybe not necessarily for people who haven't played a lot of Kingdom Hearts, but then again, Fire Emblem. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> character point. to announce. Oh, here <laughs> we go. That's, that's my that's my justification. So, Vinny, Riku from Kingdom Hearts. Look, I I'm a I have a soft spot for Kingdom Hearts. You know me. I have two tattoos oh. on me for Kingdom Hearts reasons. Are you regretting and any of those after the third game? Kingdom though? Hearts one. Thank you very much. <laughs> Kingdom okay. Hearts one tattoos before it was cool. Yeah. Exactly. And. I like the idea of Riku. I'd like him to have his Soul Eater, though. I wouldn't want him to have a Keyblade. I want Kingdom Hearts 1 Riku in there. Yep, with sword. His, with his yep. oversized pants and his yellow tank top. And he's like... Swing your sword. And he's 100%, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the Riku I want. If we're going with that, you got my vote. All right, easy. Josh? It's a no. I'd have, I'd have Riku as a skin, as an alternative skin for, for Sora. No, you can't do that. Completely different movesets. You can't. Yeah, yeah. It, you can't. I but think you that could, if you, mm, yeah, go on. I, I don't know. You could have it, isn't there? I don't know if Smash Brothers do it, where you have like alternative, like 
throw back to the first game. Cole, there was good Cole and bad Cole. And they made them separate characters, which was stupid. But I just think you could maybe just tweak Sora's moveset where if you do go Riku, his moves are a little bit different. Maybe he's a little bit slower, heavier and stronger. And Sora's a bit lighter and quicker. I just don't think you could fit two Kingdom Hearts characters on here. That's the just well, for, for a, um, Actually, with, with that mindset, uh, you do have to remember that Smash Brothers had Pit and Dark Pit. And they were separate characters because they had separate movesets. And that's similar to Riku. He's not a skin of Sora. If I was to use different skins of Sora, that would be from the different planets that he visited. I want his Halloween skin. I want his um, mm. Beauty and the Beast skin. I, I want those sorts of things. So I think okay. that Riku would be a separate character. I think Vinny thinks you Riku should be a separate me. character. No, give it's me, all right. Give me one I moment. Let us pressure you too much. No, 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 no. I think, <laughs> I think it's reasonable oh we got what do we got we got six spots left i'll give you this one guys six right, spots we and five. we've still got 15 to go but one of them is is going to be a full conversation which we're going to have next so you're saying yes to riku all right I okay this. We'll you're not going to regret it that's okay <laughs> i don't think so anyway i think riku, no, I think it's riku okay. would be fantastic for the game uh, especially oh, if we can do uh, dual dual uh, keyblades. He doesn't need to. He can just use the power Sora. of darkness. Oh yeah, Sora can. If yeah, he fuses. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mickey comes so, out. Oh, hey kids! Oh, your heart. Anyway, so our next one is a little bit different because all of us technically picked this character. However, we all picked it in different ways. So the characters are Joel and Ellie from the Last of Us series. Now. We had Josh <laughs> pick both Joel and Ellie. Vinny chose Joel from Last of Us. And I chose Ellie from Last of Us 2. So we're going to go around the table and see what people think. Uh, we will start with Josh. I think I can convince you guys pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> Joel okay. is guy with gun, right? Ellie. Yep. Girl with gun and bow and arrow. I think to make them interesting, we make them a pair. We make them the ice climbers of the PlayStation All-Stars series. Yeah, cool. Joel and Ali are working together because the first game in particular, <laughs> uh, they work together throughout the whole game. They've got a journey. They're, you know, they're growing, blah, 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 blah. This, I think they could play on and that can play into their moveset that, you know, for something crazy, like when Ali jumps, maybe Joel gives her a lift up like they do in the first game. I could just see them working together as a dual character. I think having them separate just wouldn't make sense because you got Ali going up if we had Lara Croft in here, for instance. Like, okay, which one's which? <laughs> you know, but I think as a dual character, it just makes perfect sense. And you've got to have one in that, in that game. Okay, Vinny, you went Joel. Are you convinced to go Joel and Ellie or do you still think just Joel? He sold me on the Ice Climbers remark because as a Smash Brothers fan, as a Melee particular, it just made, he was like, cool. It clicked in my head. When I first saw it as a thing of Joel and Elliot, Ali, I thought, how is this going to work? And then he mentioned Ice Climbers. I thought, perfect. Yeah, do keep in mind that you guys both did a spoiler cast on uh, The Last of Us 2, which you guys can listen to on our Spotify or watch on our YouTubes. Look at now... this guy, Vinny. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's doing a better job than we both did. <laughs> now, myself, I chose, I chose Ellie purely because Last of Us 2 is recent. Hmm. And recent is the key word that I'm going to go with in this argument. 
I understand that Joel and Ellie together as a team, ice a la Ice Climbers, works very well. However, without sounding too hipster, that's so 2013. I think if we're making a, a PlayStation All-Stars game and you're using a current IP that we're currently seeing, it makes a lot of sense to keep with that. I, I okay with Joel and Ellie being a separate character to Last of Us 2 Ellie, but I honestly think if you had to choose between the two, I think just Ellie from Last of Us 2. Have you played Last of Us Part 2 yet? Just so I, I know. Played a little bit, I... yes. Okay. Because if she's I have the main character... I spoiler just... cast as well. Don't worry. I was going to say, her. if you think she's, you know, the most main character in that game, you might be slightly disappointed. Oh, no. I... No, don't worry. I, I already know. And don't give too much away. No, no, no. In case people uh, yeah. haven't listened to it. No, I, I... Either or. I just think that they wouldn't stand out as separate characters. But again, if we're going to do that, it's, we can put them off to a side and come back to it. Okay. Well, look, in saying that, I'm happy to have Joel and Ellie as part of the, the, mm. the initial roster for the game as an Ice Climbers duo because I am looking at the, the characters to come and I think we'll just make our selection without going back to ones mm. that only two of us are selected. So I'll put Joel and Ellie in. Okay. So we've got four places left and if... I have a quick look at the list. We only have a selection of, I think it's 10. No, 11. So we have 11 characters to go, four spots left. If we don't get those four spots filled, we'll go back to the ones that only two of us have selected and we'll obviously put Knack in the game. So the next <laughs> one that we're going to... <laughs> so <laughs> the next one that we're going to look at, uh, and this is one by Josh, and this is Big Boss from Metal Gear. So we know that Raiden was part of the initial lineup. So you're saying that Big Boss should be part of the sequel. Why? Big Boss or Solid Snake. I just I should have just put Snake there. I'm I'm envisaging envisaging. I mean envisioning whatever. I'm seeing the Solid Snake character. I'm seeing the PlayStation One Polygon skin as as a skin for the character in the game. It's Snake. Again, Konami's not doing anything with him at the moment. I know he's in Smash Brothers, but Metal Gear as a series is so synonymous with PlayStation. The fourth game okay. was exclusive. The first game was exclusive. You, Metal Gear, you think PlayStation. It's a Japanese you know, IP. Yep. So you, Again, you refer it to a PlayStation console. I know we had Twin Snakes and all that, but you've got to have, you've got to have Snake. Okay. Uh, Vinny? Do you think we should have Big Boss or Solid Snake? Yeah. Snake. Yeah, if we could have Snake as a character, I, I just... Metal Gear. I don't... Mm, the fact that he's already in a fighting game that is very... has recently come out, it's... Oh, I don't know. I, I don't understand why he's in Smash Brothers, and I'll... No. To this day, I'll never know. But... To be I, fair, Vinny, before can, you make your decision, you did say yes to Spider-Man and he's also in another fighting game, just to be clear. Yeah, but I really like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so yes he's, or no? What do you think? Uh, he's in the to figure out later pile, but I, for Ooh. now, he's, he's in... He's in okay. Oh, you know what? No, yeah, no, he's good. He's good. Put him in. He's good? He's good? Yeah, okay. he's, he, is, I, he is PlayStation. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, no worries. I think, <laughs> yes to Big Boss. I think it's very interesting you bring him up, especially with what's happened over the last week. Uh, if you guys haven't heard, on the PlayStation 3, Metal Gear Solid 5, they've disarmed all the nuclear weapons. So a cutscene was shown for all the characters, or all, all the players. Now, this was hacked in on the PC version years ago, but now it's legitimately been unlocked. And uh, the team are very happy about that. So that that's a nice left little of them. news thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a nice little news thing to put in. I think Big Boss... I'm surprised not Sam Bridges, but then again, I can't see him as a character in a fighting game. And for those who don't know Sam Bridges, he's the main character in Death Stranding, which is a... <laughs> if you guys have known... Oh, Norman Reedus. We just refer yes. to him as Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. Oh, the whole yes. time I'm like, I've played that game, I've, I've spent hundreds of hours <laughs> in it, and you're explaining the character, I'm like, who the hell is he talking about? Norman Reedus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So not. So yeah. I'm surprised he didn't do Norman Reedus, but I'm also not surprised because he's not really a viable character. I think yes, Solid Snake has been taken by Super Smash Brothers, but I do think that Big Boss, as part of a PlayStation All Stars game, makes. I, I've said this a hundred times already. A lot of sense, and so that's why I'm going to go and put him as part of the roster. So Big Boss is now part of the roster for the game. We're going to move on to the next one. And this one is very close to my heart. And this is Oliver from Nino Kuni. So Nino Kuni has been part of PlayStation for a while now. There is the second one available. I'd highly recommend anybody who likes Studio Ghibli to jump on it. It's definitely a game that you'll love the art style for and the gameplay really matches up to it. As an IP that is purely PlayStation, I think it makes a lot of sense to have him come in. So, guys, what are your thoughts? Have you guys played Nino Kuni? Yes, I have. I really liked it. I'm a big Studio Ghibli fan. And the way I can kind of see him going is the way of Pokemon Trainer. That's the theory yep. I see when I, when I think of Oliver. Purely biased from me, but I would say just from that and the fact that I really am a big Studio Ghibli fan and I did play the first one. I have not played the second one, but I would say he's in just for that itself. And you can see why I was a little bit hesitant with uh, Digimon Tamer. But yes. no, that's all right. We can have two of the same. Josh, your thoughts on Oliver from Nino Kuni? I haven't played the old Ninu Nanas, but <laughs> I can see it in my foresight. I can... Being the PlayStation guy, I can see it. It's it killing sense. me that Knack is not on this list, guys. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> we'll I get, think that's... We might get there. We might get there. We might have No, space. I don't think we will. But let's just say that's going to go down in the history books. But I can see it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay, great. So I'm going to put Oliver from Nino Kuni from Ninu as Nana. part of yeah. the roster. Sorry, what was that? Ninu Nana. He's from Ninu, Ninu Nana. Ninu Nana. He's like the Mimus all over again. Yeah. I am... <laughs> Oh, there's so many so pronunciations long. I'm getting wrong tonight. So I do apologize, guys. I've had a few of these ginger beers and they're not too bad. <laughs> so we'll move on to the next one. And this one, I like the option. I don't personally will pick it. I agree. This is Vinny's and this is Abe from the Oddworld series. Now, I love the fact that there's a new Oddworld game coming out and Abe is still a relevant character. However, when I think of Abe, I think of Abe, um, uh, what is it? The Od Abe's, uh, Abe's Odyssey. Abe's, Abe's Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. I, I think of Xbox. I like Abe as a character and he's a 2D platform and that's great. I don't think he fits with this game. So 
Vinit, you were the one who chose this one. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. That is correct. So can you justify your choice, please? The way I could justify him is not by the fact that it's going to be a move set. It was, it was more or so the fact that he was revealed to be on the PS5. So longevity based, having a game that's going to be on the PS5 with Abe himself, the odd world character. It, it made sense to have him on PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2 just because he's going to be on a current console. Okay, Josh, you're holding your tongue. What's your opinion? We'll meet you in the middle, Vinny. Let's put in the new thing, you know, with the original game, we, the beloved first PlayStation All-Stars, it was like background levels yep. where it's like a combination of two oh, games. I have a map. Let's put, let's put Oddworld Odyssey, There's Abe's Odyssey... He's a map. He's in the background. He's not. He's not making our our list. Okay, I'll I'll set up for the compromise because he was a long shot. Yeah, I, I can think, imagine him in the background falling think, and all yeah. that. Yeah, it's. I I I think very much as a map, I could totally deal with. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening in the background of Kratos fighting not Goku. So we will leave. We'll leave Abe there. We'll go to the next one. So we've got a few to go. Uh, so we're nearly done. So we've got Okami Amaterasu. Is that how you pronounce it? That is Amaterasu. Fantastic. All right. So Vinny, uh, you chose Okami from Okami. Can you tell everyone what Okami is just in case they don't know it? And then explain why you chose. So Okami Amaterasu, she is the goddess of, I can't remember. I think it's the wind or fire. I can not remember for the life of me, but it's a, Game that came out on the PS2 originally as an exclusive. So let that be in mind. It has since then gone from, you know, onto the Wii, onto the Wii. Switch, everything. Yeah. More of a Nintendo title. But it has it has been in a fighting game previously. Pretty sure it was in a... Oh, I can't remember the name of the game. But it's definitely been in a fighting game. I've played it. Mm, and you sure it's not like a Marvel vs. Capcom? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. Yes. Yeah. So she has a she already has a a move set. Strong female character. Guys. <laughs> That's what you're trying to sell it as Strong that female again. wolf. Strong female <laughs> wolf. I was just a big fan of the game on PS2. And like I said, it's a dream roster. I'm not saying it because I think she is viable. I'm not saying it because I mm. think that she would be a good fit. I'm saying it because I like her and mm. I I would like to see her in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale too. I just can't stop right. laughing at the fact that we're just talking about a dream roster for this for game. game that's okay. not gonna happen. No, that's all right. Josh, do you think Okami makes the cut? Here we go. This is the Josh analysis. Okami, PS2, right? Then converted to Wii. The guys who did the conversion was ready at dawn, who was originally a PlayStation second party, but then got brought out by Facebook. So based on that alone. Now, I don't think Akami is going to make the list. Just looking at what we've got left and the few spots we've got left, I appreciate it, Vinny. This is not a strong no. It is just a no. Not a strong no, just a no. It's okay. just not quite I, I think that Okami would be a strong female character. I think it would be a strong non-human character on mm-hmm. the list because we don't have a lot of. However, I would choose Nak over Okami. Okay. Yeah. Therefore, it gets a no from me. That is the benchmark. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. 
benchmark is is knack. If you can beat knack, you, you're on the list, basically. Uh, so we're going to move to the next one. And this is a couple of Persona ones. So we've got one from we'll Persona 4 and one for Persona 5. I am going to batch them, yes. Mm. So one was picked by Josh. One was picked by Vinny. Now you both will have to uh, go... What? What was that? <laughs> I was going to say, I've never even played Persona. I put a Persona character on there. There you go. So I've never played Persona, so you're both going to have to sell it on me. But we've got uh, you, Narukami, from Persona 4, and Joker from Persona 5. Now, I have a feeling one of them is on Smash Brothers. Is that Joker? Uh, yeah, Joker. Okay. That's right. I, at least I recognize one of the names. But you, it's a Persona character. If we had to pick one. So we'll start with that. We'll, we'll, we'll narrow it down to one. If you had to pick one, would it be you or would it be Joker? I'll let Vinny so, choose. It's his, it's his series. The only reason I said Joker was I just thought it's exclusive to PlayStation. I understand he's on, on Switch, but, but <laughs> yeah. he, the game itself isn't coming to Switch yet. So I thought that was weird. But I'm happy for okay. Vinny to, to choose. So I haven't played the games before, but I just think Joker, I think PlayStation 5, not, not uh, PS4, not Switch. But I'll let Vinny okay. take it. Yeah, okay. that's all right. Uh, I'm happy to have Joker as the character only because the Joker is referred to as what the main character's persona can be is it, it can wield all personas. So that's why, so technically in Persona 4, Yu Narukami is also referred to as Joker because that's his, because you have like full Arcana, Empress, Emperor uh, in terms of what your Arcana persona is. So technically they're both the Joker and you could just have a different skin switch. There you go. So okay. I'm happy to have them. I'm ha- happy to have them both in. I would have Joker as the initial skin, the base skin, because he's yeah. more relevant. And then I'll have Yu Narukami as the secondary skin. And then even the Persona 3 uh, protagonist, which name escapes me, but very similar thing as yeah. well. So we know that Joker is part of the Super Smash Brothers roster. Why do you think Joker would be a character for the PlayStation All-Stars roster? Besides the fact that the Persona games are on PlayStation, because we can see with Joker, that didn't mean Doesn't much matter. as a character. Can I jump in on this one, Vinny? Yeah, go. Persona has always been... Look at me taking over on a Persona conversation. <laughs> but I'm the perfect person to talk about it, right? Because Persona is a series I haven't played. And as an outsider, Joker <laughs> from Persona 5 is the person I think of when I think Persona. So Persona okay. meant a lot to a lot of people before, but I think five really brought it to to the modern day average gamer. A lot of people picked that game up. So I think okay. you, if you're going to have it, you have to have five Joker, yeah. All right, Vinny, as the Persona player, what yes. are your thoughts? I, Persona 4 is my favorite game, but Persona 5 is a better game. And okay. from what Josh said, is it appealing to a wider audience? I remember seeing that trailer at the TGS and just seeing the pop-off of everyone and everyone immediately coming out with you know, started doing cosplay for it, mm. just the general hype around it. It's got a good design. It's a fantastic game. Put them on okay. the list. Now, for me, I'm, I'm very iffy because my thinking goes back to our benchmark. Would I pick the Joker or would I pick Knack? I'd still <laughs> pick Knack. We're getting Knack on this list, aren't we? Knack's <laughs> coming on this list. But it's about how long it takes until it gets there. So, okay, we're going to put Joker to the side. Put him to the side, yeah. I'm going to say no, personally. 
and it's not necessarily due to unfamiliarity with the character. It's just that because he's been recently used in Smash Brothers, I think it, there's very much going to be a conflict, not necessarily the conflict of interest, but there's going to be a conflict with the same character being part of two recent uh, 2D yeah. beat-em-ups. Keeping in mind that this game does not exist. So moving on to the next one. Doesn't we have not. So we had... Trevor from Grand Theft Auto V, who did not make the cut. So it's going to be very interesting to see whether John Marsden from the original Red Dead Redemption makes the cut. Do you still stick with your uh, your character, seeing the other characters on this list? Keeping I'd in mind, listeners, that we have two spots remaining. Yeah, I'd probably drop John Marsden off. The only reason I thought, I thought it was a move set, he could have the dead eye and it goes in slow motion, the little crosses go on all the characters and he shoots them all. Yep. But looking at the list... Looking that I, I know what's coming, the fact that we don't have Knack on the list, I can't in good conscience put John Marston on my list. So yeah, I'm no, I, gonna I agree with that. myself out. <laughs> okay, I agree with that. Vinny, you, you're okay with that? I'm okay with or that. Or are you going to fight hard for John Marston? <laughs> no, no, John I was not. No, no worries. So we'll go through these names and I'll, yeah, we'll if you're the one quickly. who picked it, then you can say whether or not you still think so and then we can go from there. So the next one is Jill Valentine from the Resident Evil series. Vinny, you picked this one. Do you still think she's strong enough? No, because we only have two spots left. Girl with gun. Okay, that, that's that's enough. So, Josh, I, we don't really need to hear much from you then. So, <laughs> the next one, although we do need to hear from you from this one, it's Gabrielle Logan from Siphon Filter. I understand why you picked this one. However, do you think they it's hold no strong? for me. I love I love the Siphon Filter series. I love Sony Ben, but I just... He, may, he, again, with Atreus, might be on the third PlayStation All-Stars. I think they're going to bring back the series. But in terms of this list, no. Okay. Vinny, you're okay with that? I am, All right, yes. we'll let it die. Yep, we'll let it die. The next one, we have Jin Kaz- uh, Kazama from Tekken. So we had a Tekken character in the initial PlayStation All-Stars. So this one was done by Vinny. Do you still think that Jin makes the cut after another Jin has already made it? <sighs> No, I don't. Devil Jin. Uh, yeah, Devil Jin would be cool, but I I think there's other people, there's other ones in our maybe list pile that I'd rather see in here. So I'm gonna have to cut him. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. And Josh, you're you're fine with that. Yeah, I can live with it. I wouldn't mind okay. him in there, but I, I wouldn't mind Jin as part of a DLC. But I, I mm. with what we have remaining and what we've kind of decided on and what's to come, I I think it's definitely a DLC. Our next one, which I'm very passionate about, and I'm going to fight this tooth and nail, is Geralt of Rivia from the Witcher series. He's already now. The thing that goes against me is the fact that he's already part of Soul Calibur. That's yeah, and I think you guys are surprised by that. You didn't hear that. Who's that against us with Ezio? (laughs) I did mention earlier that it would burn me. So he's already part of a 2D fighter, not necessarily a Smash Brothers esque. I think that he's still topical. Sure, he's, his adventure is over, but we're still getting Netflix series. People are still keen on more Witcher. There's another one coming. I think he would make sense. He would. I don't see PlayStation. I see PC and possibly Xbox. I don't see this or mostly PC. I don't, I don't think Witcher. I don't think PlayStation. I think he'd make sense as a fighting game character, but not in PlayStation All-Stars. So yeah, maybe it's a, like a DLC, if that. Not even a okay. DLC. I don't think he'd be on this. Yeah, it just right. doesn't make sense. Yep. Vinny? Yeah, I don't see him as much as what Josh said. I don't see him as a PlayStation character per se. He is very Microsoft. That's... You reckon? 
Yeah, I don't see him as PlayStation. CD Projekt Red, Microsoft in bed together. You think that? Yeah, I see him as yeah, PC. You <laughs> yeah. know, Microsoft is PC, okay. or Linux, you know, uh, Steam, well, yeah. Gabe Newell, okay. you know, things like that. So the last one we have of the list, before we go back to our ones that have been put on the side, is Tony no. Hawk from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I'm going to say no. Josh is going to say no. Vinny? It would be the joke character. This would be the joke <laughs> character of the game. How hilarious got would knack. if he just, if he just like, we don't if he kick yet. flipped and grinded on someone's face to do them damage. Like hilarious. Okay. Let me just say That's, this. Yeah. We add him to the background along with... Uh, he could, he where, could have like a, a map of escape. Where it's just level. him riding. Yeah. Let's put him in the Look, maps. It's it's going to it's going to be a Tony Hawk's one and two remaster map. We we all know it, so he can he can be in the background with Bam Margera and all the other skateboarders. Um, you guys don't know who I spoke about, do you? No, no okay. idea. Moving on, so we're gonna go. Okay, so we still got two spots remaining. We're gonna go back to the list that we had, which two of us voted for and one of us didn't. So the total amount here, I'm just gonna quickly count that: five, six, seven, twelve characters. We need to pick two. Now, I'm going to go out on the limb, boys. Knack. I think Knack's in. Knack's in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Knack's in. Okay, Knack, baby, you're in. We've got one spot remaining. So how do so, we want to do this? Do we all want to pick one out of that list and make a case for it? I think we all, all pick them? one from the list, mm-hmm. make a case. I, I, I really agree with that, Josh. And because you came up with the idea, I'm going to get you to go first. I think looking at that list, as much as I would like Cloud, I think he could make a DLC character. I'm going to stick with the Hunter from Bloodborne. I think that character must be in this game. The sequel is no doubt in development. The first game sold extremely well. It's synonymous. Again, I use that word a lot with the PS PlayStation brand, PS4. For a lot of people into the, the Born Soul series, you've got to have the Hunter in there. Okay. Vinny. What's your pick from the rest of the list? Digimon Tamer. Just Agumon. Like it, it's that thing that hits, hits me but, but way Digimon. too close. <laughs> but it hits me way too close to home for me not to pick it. Pick anything on that list, even if it's Persona, I would still pick. I know it's probably not the favorite choice. Out of those two, a lot of people would pick the Joker from Persona. I'm still mm. making my case for Digimon Tamer. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. I really think Lara Croft Tomb Raider should be in it. I seriously think because of her history, because as Josh likes to say, she's synonymous with PlayStation. She's been around since the beginning. She's an icon. She's an icon in video games. She didn't betray (laughs) you. The money did. I honestly think that Lara Croft needs to be in this game. Okay. Out of all three characters that we chose, who is the most iconic and I think we can all agree. Maybe Lara Croft. Lara Croft. I think so too. And I think just that alone, just as a way to sell, to get these fictional games flying off the shelf, she needs to be on the cover. Yeah. I won't put her on the cover. <laughs> oh, oh, have no, her. She, no, she's dead. She, she'd she'd be be a not like just her. This, this is just her. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just can her. We at least, can we at least meet in the middle and it's like polygonal PS1 Lara Croft then? Oh, it's a skin. It's a skin. It looks like Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Absolute skin. All right, fine. I'll do it. Actually, with that. if we if we can get a if we can get a cradle of life skin, I, I'm definitely into that. But anyway, we have our final twenty-five for our dream PlayStation All Stars roster. So now the panel is going to discuss their worst rage quit moments. So these are moments where 
our panel has decided enough's enough. The game is either too hard or too difficult, or maybe it's just people. And it's causing us to quit the game and log off and possibly even ne never return to it. So we're going to start with Josh. Josh, what was that moment that made you rage quit? I'm going to be very quick. And it's not because I'm trying to move the conversation. It's purely based on I haven't really had... I've never been a big online player. And I haven't really played a game that I couldn't beat. And it's not because I'm really good at games or anything. It's just wow. I pick and choose what games I play on hard versus normal. So I haven't really gotten to an experience where I just can't get through you know, a boss fight. There has been challenging moments. I think of God of War, PS4, and the, the final Valkyrie Queen. She was a pain in the butt. But beyond that, I did try uh, Sekiro, Shadow, uh, Shadows Die Twice. Shadows Die Twice. Yep. The, the Bloodborne-esque type game, even though he didn't make the list. But I couldn't get through that. And that just frustrated me beyond anything. And I just did, you know what? I can't, I can't get into these style of games. I tried Neo. I tried Demon Souls. I just, I'm too impatient. And that's made me rage quit multiple times. But beyond that, I don't think there's really anything. So I'll probably sit back on this one. So yeah. do you think with something like an easy mode in Ghost of Tsushima, that's why you've been attracted to it so much? Ghost of Tsushima. Oh no! If anything, Ghost of Tsushima, I want to go up in difficulty. But it's like I said, okay. I play. I play to my strengths. Like when I played Uncharted, I've platinum all of them, so I've gone through on crushing. I can do all that. God of War, I went through normal then hard, and I'm okay with that. But it's just I, I because I'm really in on what's coming out. I know a lot about what's going on. I tend to pick and choose what games I play, so I already go yeah. in knowing what I'm going to get. If I was playing online a lot, I'd probably have a lot of challenge. If I was playing yeah. Uncharted online back in the day, but I really don't. So I probably don't have too much to add. No, that's really. all right. You value your time. So Vinny, what about yourself? What moment made you rage quit a game? So this, and I think everyone's going to assume that it's going to be League of Legends related, which I can assure you it is not. <laughs> this, this, get, this rage quit moment happened in real life. I was 10, 11 years ago. It was 2009. So... When Street Fighter 4 first came out, my friend bought it on the Xbox 360 and we all had a sleepover to play. Remember sleepovers? Remember when you could go to someone else's house? Those were the Even days. Interaction. I remember yeah. I missed that. And that was like years ago. Yeah, we were playing and one of my... I was playing Ryu or Ken or Sakura, so like one of the vanilla characters. My friend Matt, who's objectively a very good like video game fighting game player... He's one of the best in Australia at Super Smash Brothers Melee. He was just naturally, could naturally just pick up the game and play. Just knew the moveset, just moved the dynamic, just knew how you were going to react to certain situations. Mm -hmm. And he was playing Del Sim. For those who don't know who oh. Del Sim is, just the Ooh, extender arms and the extender legs. And you, just could not, you could not approach him. And we had a... And when we first started playing the game, we said winner stays on. And I think we versed him each. There was four of us to sleep over. I think we didn't verse each other for like 15 rounds until we told him to just get off this game. Get off. <laughs> we, we, we actually, uh, I think my friend wanted to threaten to just snap the disc in half because we were just overplaying against him because we just couldn't do anything. It was mm -hmm. so raging. Dude. I stopped playing. I went to bed. I just went into the other room, got in my sleeping bag and fell asleep. I'm just like, I'm done. Fuck you guys. I'm out. It was, I think that's the most furious I've ever been at a video game. And since then, smooth sailing. A couple of times <laughs> I've rage quit in League. No, I have, I've never rage quit. I've gotten frustrated. I've never rage quit. I won't do that. 
Okay. Good man. Yeah. Well, yeah. my one is it's dating back from years where the original Halo first came out. So for, the, for those of you who played Halo, you'll understand what I'm going to be talking about in a moment. If you haven't, I'll try and explain it as best I can. But there is a level called Blood Gulch, which mm. is also the yes. initial level in the Red versus Blue series, if you've seen that. So it's basically a big, large canyon with two bases on either end and a big, open, hilly area in the center. So the idea of this level is that everything's balanced in half and half. Now, I would play with my brother and one of our childhood friends. And they really liked their sniper rifles. So while mm. we were playing, one would sit at one base of Blood Gulch and the other would sit down the other. And for some reason or whatever, I would spawn in the center of the, the, center of the field. I wouldn't spawn behind any of them or anything like that. It's just in the center. And so it became a competition of who could snipe me first. Wow. And so after that, I very rarely play Halo multiplayer. I do play occasionally if it's team-based or anything like that. But if it's free-for-all, I usually try to avoid it. Purely because I had that moment where I'm caught in the middle of crossfire between two snipers who couldn't hit each other, but they could definitely hit me after spawning. That's awesome. And actually, speaking about Halo, that's going to be part of our next topic. Uh, and one of the points for mine of topic three, which is our state of subscription services for our next generation. So this is the part of the podcast where each of the panel members are going to be talking about a subscription service. They've been given a, a service over the week to have a look at, and they're going to see what the current service is and break it down for us. They're going to talk about it, break pros it and cons and that sort of thing. Then they're going to talk about what they like to see with the service moving forward. Now, keep in mind that we're not talking about Xbox Gold subscription and PlayStation Plus. We're seeing these as slightly differently. However, as you'll hear from our first one, which Vinny will be talking about Nintendo Online, it is a little bit similar to those, but we're seeing it in terms of comparison to Game Pass and PlayStation Now, which are the other ones that we'll be talking about. So Vinny, I'm going to pass it over to you. Can you give us a little bit of a chat about Nintendo Online? You please well, explain it to me because I've got no idea. <laughs> well, fun fact, guys, it's actually not called Nintendo, Nintendo Online. And that is the first floor in itself. It's called Nintendo Switch Online. And as always, it is a monthly subscription service for $3.99 a month. Now, there's a reason why it's Nintendo Switch Online and it's a bad thing. So it's content. It has saved data and cloud backup for not all of the games but majority of their games. There is some games that they say it will affect cheating. So the Pokemon games are unaffected because I remember. Of, yes. Mm. Uh, so it has the ability to play games online poorly, but it does it. It has the, so far the exclusive content from the actual online itself has the NES and the SNES app. Pretty much they are virtual consoles that have games inside them. So, and the library extends to relatively the mini NES and the mini SNES consoles. They have exclusive offers available through their uh, online store on Nintendo.com. So if you're a Nintendo Switch online member, you can partake in these exclusive offers. And you heard it here first, they have a smartphone app for voice chat. Ooh, yep. that's futuristic. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not good. Now, let okay, me tell so you, what, what are some pros of the service? I was going to say, what does Nintendo do right? 
nothing. They do nothing right. <laughs> it, it is it is such a backwards thing, and oh, it's it's hard to sell to anyone who uses it. Honestly, the only reason I have it is because I enjoy playing Mario Kart with my friends. The Virtual Console is a plus, but I have the Mini SNES and the SNES anyway, so it's not that appealing to me. It's good for convenience sake if you want to play those games on the go because I feel like they are suited for a smaller handheld form factor in which the, the Switch can be. Now, I'll tell you what needs to happen because right now it feels like <laughs> Nintendo Switch Online is living 15 years into the past where the PS2 Online was first a thing. And that's, that's the, where Nintendo is, right? Yeah, that is... That is where Nintendo is in their online. <laughs> so I would like to see automatic save data and cloud backup for all of their for all of their games across the board. I would like for them to delete the smartphone app and have in-game voice chat, which is something that can obviously be done because they've been having it in the ways of the Xbox 360 and the PS3 has had that in the past. And there's no reason that those consoles are now almost two generations ago. There is no reason for them not to have it now. I would also like to see uh, dedicated servers for their games. Now, dedicated servers will allow... So right now, I'm almost certain that their consoles are running peer-to-peer in connection. So if someone has a bad connection while playing Smash Bros., you will also have a bad connection with them. And it just leads to a very laggy online experience. So it would be ideal for them to have dedicated servers in you know each main continent you know if we'll have one in sydney one in asia one in united states all all those areas and it would reduce lag time it would make for a more a more what's the word that's a just a better online experience honestly because a more right robust at, experience yes a more robust experience another thing i'd like for them to have is exclusive offers on the eShop because right now they are not they're offering nothing in terms of they've had splatoon codes available for download they've had the you're able to have the if you're a any if you're a nintendo switch online member you could have the nes and snes con- controllers available for exclusive pre-order they should have mm. monthly sales like the xbox and playstation franchises have and actually discount things. That'd and be actually discount things. Yes, that was my next hit. And <laughs> the last thing I would say is drop the Nintendo Switch online and just have it as Nintendo online. Because there is no reason to have the Switch in there if you're planning to continue this in the future. So, for example, there was a friend of ours who had a 3DS who bought a game on that, on that console, mm. a virtual console, lost that console, had to buy a new console with that, had to buy that game again, and then now has bought the game separately on the Switch. If you called it Nintendo Online, you could have a, you could also have the eShop to be cross-platform. And should so be. It should be. Yes, correct. Mm. And you could have, if you buy it on one thing, you could get cross-play. Much like Nintendo, oh, sorry, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. PS3 Invader. I guess they are a little bit different because you've got to keep in mind with like 3DS games, they require two screens, some of them. So brain training, I believe on the, the Wii U worked, but on the Switch, I think you've got to hold the Switch on the side. Um, 
so it, it's not quite user friendly. So, but I understand where you're coming from. My that theory of having universal eShops was specifically for the the retro games, the games. Okay. That, so you know, and also there's a thing where the Wii and the Wii U had Nintendo sixty four Virtual Console. How is that not a thing? Yeah. Okay, so Josh, yeah, what are you listen, <laughs> listening to, Vinny? What are your thoughts on the Nintendo Switch online service? And think, what do you want to see in the future? Yeah, I think online is clearly an artifact in Nintendo's mind. I don't think it's something they clearly think through. I think, Vinny, to your point, why it's called Nintendo Switch online is because Nintendo already know if a new con say they were to release a new thing, right? It's not called the Switch. They know they're going to have to start from scratch and do it again. It's not like with PSN and Xbox Live where they're like, this is clearly an ongoing thing. So I think that answers that question. I don't, I've always not, I've hated the fact that they've paywalled cloud, you know, uh, uploading your saves. I get that for all the other consoles, but for a console that's also a handheld, that if you were to lose the, you know, the portable version of the Switch out on the train, you drop it, whatever, you lost everything. As opposed to a PS4 and Xbox, it's pretty safe. It's in your living room. You know, most of the time it's not going to get damaged unless you're a maniac or whatever. But that is always something I'm like, they shouldn't paywall that. It, because it's a handheld, it shouldn't be paywalled. I agree with all Vinny's points. Is it needs to be consolidated. They need to have one store, one user face. There's no point having the you know, Nintendo Switch Online or whatever it's called and then having the NES component, then they have the SNES component and then they're going to release GameCube and N64 or whatever they end up doing. They need to just have Nintendo Online, right? And then have NES and SNES games on there, just like with the PlayStation Xbox store. You go on, I want to play Jack Daxter, whatever. You search it up on the store, you download it, there it is. I like how the only good thing that Nintendo have got going for them, the only good thing, is they've got a really good family. I think it's their family subscription. So if you've got, yep. like, I think you can connect up to 10 switches. It's eight. Or eight, eight switches, which it's like $3 or something per person. Like it's something ridiculous. You can connect. So that's, have- that's yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry for interrupting. No, that's that's also something that, um. so Xbox used to do a family gold subscription where you could have four accounts on the one subscription. And that one subscription was like maybe $80 a year. The, the same as what it is now and you can have four accounts connected to it and they ended up scrapping it after about i think it's 12 18 months or so because they figured they may as well try and charge each individual person so yeah i do agree i, I like the fact that nintendo is very more family oriented they know that the console is primarily held by the kids so and the parents will also want to play their zelda so that makes a lot of sense so, like Nintendo, um, it's like it's for the kids, but we're going to make it the most confusing one out of all of them. Just <laughs> you know, just to, to appeal to our audience. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing I really don't like with the Nintendo Switch Online is that it is a lot more intricate than something needs to be. Needs to be. Mm-hmm. I th- I think um, well, just my finishing thoughts. Firstly, I'd like Nintendo to discover the internet and um, use that <laughs> to the best that they can. I believe that Nintendo uh, are <laughs> they're still using dial-up. I think that they're absolutely wasted on what they could achieve. And I think the best step that they had in recent memory was allowing Netflix on the Wii U. 
And that's it's because, on the Switch right now. It's not even on the Switch. But the, fa- the fact that you oh, can have you? Netflix on the Wii U, you could have Netflix on the gamepad while somebody else watches something else on the TV or plays something else on the TV. Yeah. Like, it, that it, it is the, the most recent thing that I can think of that mm. Nintendo did right in terms of that sort of functionality. So moving past the fact that the internet is still a hundred years away from Nintendo, their service at the moment is very much in terms of baby steps, I think of just a, a online subscription service. They were initially of the thought of similar to the PlayStation network or the PlayStation three, where you don't have to pay, but you can access it. And they're kind of in between that and what the PS4 did, which was we're going to charge you now. So they're, they're caught in that in-between of we're not going to charge you much, but we're not going to give you much in return. And don't get me wrong, that works. From people I've spoken to, like $40 a year or $30 a year or whatever it is for 12 months, that's mm. very viable, especially if you just want to play Smash Brothers and Mario Kart online. But in terms of anything else that it really offers you, the app itself for audio voice chat is super outdated. Yes. The fact that like, okay, they, they have a virtual console for the NES and the snares, but it, yeah, it's only limited games. They've already tried to sell you mini consoles of the NES and the snares. So why sell you the same things on a service? And then following on from that, they can't even get their virtual console up to date, as it were. I, I, I still it, feel... Um, yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I'll just say, I think this... I, I've got a closing statement, which I think will wrap it all up, right? <clears throat> I was going to pass you after... I no, 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 I know that, I know that, I know that. But right. just hearing what you said of like, you know, how they're, they're, they're charging people. I think Nintendo were just like, oh, but the other guys are charging them. Like, yeah, I think so too. Charge them too. <laughs> I, I, think that, I honestly think so too. To wrap it up, what I think Nintendo's biggest issue is, and I've actually done a bit of research on all three of the, the services, just so I'm... Couldn't I am, yourself, yeah. Couldn't yeah. help myself, yeah. Nintendo, and this is not something I've read. This is just something that's just clicked into my mind as Vinny was talking and Sean was talking. Nintendo have always been a gatekeeper with their IP. You look, go back to the NES and what they did with you know, securing game cartridges and all that. They've always been that type of company. Nintendo themselves, as much as Nintendo's huge, they're not big. It's not a big company like what Sony and Microsoft are, where they've got different divisions and all that. All Nintendo is, is basically a console manufacturer and a developer and a publisher. That's it. They don't have different arms that they can lean on and different technologies. So I think Nintendo's biggest problem is because they're so guarded, they don't want to bring in a Microsoft or you know whoever it is, another, another company that can step in and say, all right, we'll design all your online interface and work all that back-end stuff. We'll give they you servers across the world. They need it, but they won't do it. Until it is a detriment to the consoles or the handhelds and they're not selling and their games aren't selling, they won't look at it. And uh, Animal Crossing's huge, Pokemon's huge, the Switch is selling, every game they put out is going to sell. So I don't think we're going to see that unless there's an uproar and everyone just goes, I'm not buying it. But I think that's their biggest issue. I agree. I think that Nintendo... And you can here you go. You can settle in stone. I don't think Nintendo can be categorized in the same category as PlayStation and Xbox moving forward. I think Nintendo, the closest competition they have is Sega, and the biggest thing carrying them is reputation. Yeah, that's not to take anything away from them. I still buy their games. I still play their consoles. Like, like, 
I do everything that I can with them. Mm. I still support them because I still think that they're doing the right thing for them. They're a toy manufacturer. Uh, They've always yeah, been exactly. There, but I think that them and and we'll get to PlayStation and Xbox, and this will probably be a recurring theme. They're on their own path. Yeah. They've managed to go over that hump of, yeah, we're making our own games, yada yada. We're making our own console. Sega crumbled on the console part, but they're still making games. They just had to sell the licenses. Nintendo still did well on the consoles because handheld carried them. Mm. The 64 sold less consoles worldwide than the PlayStation 1. 32 million. The GameCube sold less consoles than the Xbox and the PS2. The Wii (laughs) was revolutionary. The GameCube was like 40 million. It was like 21 million. No, it's like 20 20 on mil. Yeah, exactly. Don't quote me. Wii, I'm, no, I'm no expert. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the Wii as a console. So the, the Wii was, I think, an outlier. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that it had motion controls was huge. They did very well with that. And the fact that they had Wii Sports chucked in, bonus. Peeled to the, the Wii U, nah. Mm. The Switch is getting like that, that middle ground that they're after. I think... With with the they got the 3ds and they had the Wii U. The 3ds was killing the Wii U in terms of sales and in terms of people actually using it. The Switch covers both categories. The Switch is the thing that they're going to do moving forward. And in oh, all yeah. honesty, if Nintendo was to leave handheld, they would be no more. They they would continue doing mobile games like Mario Kart. They would stop making consoles mm. because handheld is the thing that's getting them through. Maybe not for the Switch, but overall. Handheld is the thing that's moving them through. And handheld doesn't require a subscription service like Nintendo Switch Online, like your Xbox Gold, like your PlayStation Plus. It doesn't require that because it's going to connect online. It's peer-to-peer, as Vinny said. So Nintendo is kind of in that little area where they don't need to do much because there's already that wave of reputation and games carrying them forward. So why change a system that's not broken? Sure, they're not going to improve much in terms of what we would hope. So some of those improvements, like you know, giving us decent games on virtual console, why would that happen? People are still going to pay $30, $40 a year in order to play Mario Kart online. So why give them something extra? At the end and of the day, if no we... one's complaining about it, no, it's not going it, to... That's, that's the point, right? If no exactly. one's gonna, Everyone's like, oh, it's good enough, we'll move on, and that's why they get away with it. I think that's the only yeah. reason. And that, and, that conversa- and that conversation is going to continue to happen. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, there, there are Nintendo fan people and all that sort of stuff, but in reality, when you're looking at the consoles, especially working in retail in games at the moment myself, a lot of the time I get parents coming up saying, hey, which should I pick? Xbox or PlayStation. And I say, how old's your kid? And they say seven. And I say, have you tried the Switch? And I have to sell the Switch to them. Nintendo isn't doing it. Nintendo does it to the people who are nostalgic. Mm. They don't sell it to the new people. Xbox and PlayStation, they still have the names. But anyway, I think I've spoken a little bit too long on that. Uh, Did you guys have any final thoughts? No, just need to do better. (laughs) Do better and suck less. That's that's my theory. Yeah. Okay, Josh. No, I think I've I've covered everything. I think it's just purely based on if, if people demand it, people speak with their wallets. Nintendo will do it. They've got no need to. They're selling fine, more than fine. So why would they make the change? But I agree with what you both said. It just needs to happen. 
All right. So we're going to move on to <laughs> listening to more of me. And this is going to be of Xbox and Xbox's Game Pass. Sit back, Vinny. <sighs> so let me just warm the seat and get a little bit comfortable. Um, so for those listening uh, and watching, I'm not going to go as long as you might think. I'm going to try and keep it short and brief because straight up, I think Xbox Game Pass is the best current service out of what anybody is offering right now in terms of what it does, achieves, and gives to its players. So it's a very easy argument for me. So I'm going to try and give a basic overall and then do a little bit of nitty-gritty later on. So... Starting off, Microsoft Game Pass. So it started June 1st, 2017 to pretty low fanfare. You've got to keep in mind that the Xbox One came out 2013, 2014. And before the console was actually released, people were talking it up as this big streaming console. Everything is going to be digital, all that sort of stuff. There were two things that they didn't say. It's going to be Steam, but a console. It's going to be Netflix, but for games. They're the two key things that they missed out early on. And I think that's a huge reason why Xbox has struggled. Don't get me wrong, games are another issue. But the Game Pass service, when it was launched, really propelled Microsoft to the direction that they, I think they're going to take over the next 10 to 15 years. So it grants a catalogue of games for a monthly subscription, much like your Netflix, your Stan, your Amazon Prime. Now, these aren't necessarily games that you would buy or purchase and play, but these are games that are available. Now, the model that they actually use itself is a model which is based on a lump sum. So Microsoft will pay a lump sum to companies and say, hey, we want to have your game on our Game Pass service for a period of time. Mm. And that's the transaction. And it's based on perceived value. So it's not like your Spotify or anything like that where it's on pay per play. So Spotify, if you ever use Spotify, which you should be using for our podcast, it's a pay-per-play, not necessarily for us. <laughs> and so, so the more obviously the more plays or the more views it gets, the more money changes hands. For Xbox, mm -hmm. that's not the case. They went with, we think your game is worth this amount for this period of time. Here's your money. And it's a system that works for them at the moment. So... In April 18, 2019, so just last year, it merged with the Gold subscription. Now, for those with Xbox, you'll know Gold subscription, where you're paying a, online, a monthly subscription, or in my case, yearly, to be able to play games online. Yeah, you get a couple of free games back, but that's similar to Nintendo, I think, as a, oh, well, you're paying for this service. Here's a little something, something. Please shut up. Yeah. So that created Game Pass Ultimate. Now... The idea behind Game Pass and nowadays Game Pass Ultimate is not necessarily to sell games. It's not to it's not to get sales. It's to get sales on DLC. So, for example, we, we talked so long ago about how I was playing Tracks, which was the train game about doing the wooden tracks and train all that. That's a Game Pass game. And you know what? It had a DLC for UFOs and Aliens for $5.45 or something like that, discounted because I was a Game Pass member. I ended up buying that. And would that be a DLC Make that notes. I would buy normally? No. <laughs> Sorry? You're Make notes. notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just would like, that be... interesting points that you've gone through, so yeah. don't forget. So would that be a game that I would buy normally? No. But the fact that it was free on Game Pass, and I say free in common terms because I'm paying 
$15.95 a month for a service. <clears throat> yeah. Sure, mm -hmm. it's a little bit cheaper than having Netflix on four screens in HD, but it's about the same. So that's what the service is and what it offers and how I've been able to utilize it personally. So some of the pros of it, obviously, is it provides an avenue to play a huge selection of games that you wouldn't normally purchase. And not only that, it provides instant access to first party titles. So that includes games like Gears 5, Sea of Thieves, and when the Xbox Series X, the sex box comes out, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon, Fable. These sorts of games are going to be available straight away. You just not need to pay $15. Sorry? Not well, Knack. Yeah, not, not Knack. But they're available straight away on release date, and you only need to pay $15.95. Sounds sweet, doesn't it? Sounds like I'm selling it. But in reality, not quite. It's not as rosy as you might think. So it also brings up a couple of little issues. One of them is that the selection of games on offer by the Game Pass isn't necessarily ones that people would play. And not only that, it's usually games that people have already played or already bought. So for example, you can play the original Fable, Fable 2, Fable 3. You can play them all in Game Pass. Gears of War, 1, 2, 3, 4. But you know what? You've probably played them on the Xbox 360. So you don't really need to play them on Game Pass. And there's a lot of games that have followed that system there's a mm. lot of assassin's creed games available on game pass but i've bought each and every single one of them i've still got them here behind me and so once you get them on game pass that begs the question you don't actually own them do you because game pass is just like netflix it can giveth it can taketh away and a lot of these games they'll be there for a certain period of time as i mentioned due to the lump sum and then they're gone sure you might be able to get a discount to buy them and that's where you're brought into it but otherwise that begs the question of ownership of games you don't actually own them you're just renting them so now it's a future proposition of it however i'm not going to go too far into that because i think that's a topic for a future uh, podcast that we might want to do so finishing up what do i think that the game pass looks like in the future or game pass ultimate looks like in the future i think the one thing that they're going to add is the x cloud or that's what project x cloud as it is They've at added the moment. That. So yeah, they've they added, added to it. ultimate. Yeah, it's combining yeah. with ultimate. Yeah. In September, mm. and 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 that's what it's looking like in the future is what mm. I'm saying. So at the moment, if you want to play a game on Game Pass, you have to download it and play it, which makes a lot of sense. But with XCloud and with the internet, something Nintendo doesn't quite know yet. <laughs> You can just stream the game straight away. You don't have to download it. You can stream it online, similar to how you're watching films on Netflix, Amazon Prime, all that sort of stuff. So that's what it's going to look like in the future. And it's even a technology that someone like PlayStation is going to use, hopefully, or at least that's what they're looking at. So bring forward, what do I want to see in the future? In terms of Game Pass, I'd like to see games that I've missed, which, yeah, sure, looking behind me is not a lot. But there are some key games that aren't necessarily first-party games that I didn't get to play, really. So Witcher 3 was one of them. I never played it when it first came out because it was another $100 game. I couldn't justify it, even though it was a great game. I couldn't justify it at the time. But it's available in Game Pass. So I think more of those need to be brought in. <laughs> Still writing notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that is, is something that needs to look at. And in terms of the streaming service, it currently has a cross with Facebook streaming. So it used to have uh, its own 
um, streaming service, which they got Ninja over onto and all that sort of stuff. And that but, worked out Mixer? Yeah, Mixer, that's right. Yep. But it, yeah, it didn't, work out, it didn't work out for them. They had the right um, infrastructure behind it. They didn't have the user base. They didn't have the audience base. I think that especially with something like Game Pass, you can really utilize that because Twitch is the main number one streaming platform at the moment, as far as I'm aware. If Microsoft was to tap into that, you can have more games like hashtag IDARB where you can have audience interaction with the games. Uh, Ubisoft recently, which we spoke about in the previous podcast, did Hyperscape where you can actually have people watching the stream interact with and say, hey, we want this power up for the next minute. So I think Xbox really needs to push into that territory. But overall, the game selection could be improved. But the, the system itself, the game selection that it has and the services offers is already the best of anyone else in the same category. So it's already doing well in my books. But you know, mm. as, as anything else, it has to be improved somewhat. So guys, I've talked Oof. for a little bit long. So I, do, I, I did apologize at the start. I'll apologize again now. It was a little bit. So we'll, I know that Josh has a page of uh, responses that he wants to dig. No, no, no. So no. Just some notes. Dig into. Dig into. That's okay. So Vinny, I'll ask you first. Uh, what would you like to see in part of Game Pass? What are your thoughts on it? All that sort of stuff. If you have any questions, feel free. I mean, first off, I just wanted to hear, like, uh, thank you for listening to my TED Talk at the very end of that conversation. It was very... <laughs> It was like you were selling something, you know, the picking and the pointing and the just really yeah. your voice. Was I was really expecting Phil Spencer to walk in on yeah, screen. Do you want to host A3 next year if that's it. still happening? Yeah. It sells itself. I don't yeah, need but to sell I, it. I agree completely with you. I think Microsoft has the best um, inter- subscription service out of all three of these consoles. I can't even, it was, I felt so unprepared, even though I was prepared, I felt so unprepared coming in with Nintendo Switch Online because it's just, it's <laughs> that, it's that little information. Vinny, they don't even know what to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? But this one, it just makes sense. It is a solid, it is a very solid subscription service that they have built. They have, okay, fair enough. You have games that are on Game Pass that people have played in the past, but people who haven't, people who made that shift to 360 back to PS4 and now might switch to Xbox Series X their games on the Xbox One that they have missed that will be on Game Pass. And Josh has mentioned it before, games sell their most in the first three months of the release of the game. So after three months, you can feel free to put it on Game Pass and have it as Hmm. more of a, it's just there for people to play if it wasn't off the shelves in the first place. I really like what they do. I think Game Pass is perfect. I actually have a couple of friends who actually just started playing Grounded on Game Pass. Because just it's because, on Game Pass. Because, yeah. Honestly, because it's on Game Pass. And that is it. So uh, you're, you're saying examples, and I've actually witnessed them. So it makes sense. It's factually yeah, back, recently yeah. biased by me and you know, results-based analysis is I'm seeing, I'm picking up what you're putting down essentially. I think it's a great console. Uh, sorry, great subscription service. I see near no faults in it, besides the ones that you've obviously pointed out. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's the best one right now. 
What about now, you, Josh? Uh, before yeah. we yeah, before we hear from Josh, I do have a uh, I do have a couple of things to add and a disclaimer. Uh, so, firstly, at the moment, so from and this is recent uh, interview. So, as recent as April is, it feels like forever ago. Microsoft said that they don't see PlayStation and Nintendo as their future competitors. They now see Google and Amazon as their main like competitors. They Xbox is going in a different direction. We spoke about it last week after the showcase. They're moving in that di different direction and they basically confirmed it. Not only that, they currently have over 10 million current subscribers. That's a huge amount. Like, sure, they said, they, I think their goal was 2 billion, which I think is ridiculous. ridiculous. But 10 million current subscribers is huge for a service like this. And, and as a last point, as a disclaimer, I think that I had the absolute easiest job out of the three of us to talk about a, a subscription service such as Game Pass because of what it offers. So I do feel sorry for you, Vinny, and it's going to be very interesting to see what you come up with, Josh, in terms of PlayStation Now, which let's be reminded is not a service in australia i was going so, to say <laughs> exactly so so we're, we're setting the uh, the understandings now uh, the expectations so josh your thoughts on game pass before we move forward look sean very good points i think every everything you said right it's clearly the the, the leader in terms of consumer friendliness and out of all the services again playstation now isn't available in australia so i couldn't test it myself but going through the service itself, I think you, you said it best, right? We can't really compare the three. Game Pass is downloadable only at this stage. PlayStation Now is a combination of streaming and downloading. And then Nintendo Switch is, is doing whatever. What I find, I guess, interesting is Game Pass does a couple of things, right? So in, in terms of the PS3 and 360 generation, we saw the fall away of what they call the AA game. So that's your mid-tier mid -tier THQ level type game. And I think Game Pass does a really good job now is it gives those games lives again. Because like you both said, I wouldn't have played it traditionally, but it's on Game Pass. So it gives those mid-tier developers, those THQ Nordics of the world, opportunities to create games that aren't quite AAA and they're not you know, lower end. They're kind of in the middle. So I think that's a really good positive point to Game Pass. The second thing, right? And it, it comes... Sean, you spoke about when Xbox launched and the messaging going into Game Pass was a little rocky at the start. I think I don't really connect the two. I think Don Matrick era, E3, Xbox all-in-one, 2012, 2013, Microsoft isn't the Microsoft that launched Game Pass. Game Pass is it's a Phil Spencer-led initiative. In evolved, the fact yeah. that, yeah, this is Phil Spencer going, okay, we need, to, we need to shake things up. We need to do things differently. I read an article with Aaron Greenberg, who's, who's managing the, the Microsoft portfolio, right? And he said, even, it wasn't quote for quote, but along the lines of, even if we had, or even we, if, even we, we were just AAA games all, all around, we would still do Game Pass, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think Game Pass was born in the fact that Microsoft were clearly falling behind in terms of sales of the console. Their first party output is clearly not as strong as Sony's. And I said this last week, their, their purchasing of Ninja Theory and Double Fine and all those studios are all mid-tier, right? They're not, not, they haven't, it's not like they've gone and brought out Warner Brothers, you know, we we're talking about or that. Or another Bungie, yeah. Or another yeah. Bungie or anything like that. So 
them purchasing those studios in a mindset. Cause I remember when that was announced, I was like, that's a weird, that's a ninja theory made sense. I think obsidian ninja theory, beautiful, but everyone else was kind of like, okay, like compulsion games. What, what does this all mean? But now it makes sense because now they, they can nearly as bad as it sounds. It's, it's, they can have a game come out and it's a seven and be like, Oh, it's on game pass. It's okay. It's not reviewed in the same sense as like if God of war came out and it was a seven, it would have just been shit show. So, so it's providing game- a platform for yeah. games that wouldn't usually reach that sort of market. Yeah. So I compare game passes as Netflix, right? It's a breadth of, of content. Not everything's fantastic. There's going to be a few gem- gems in there. I guess a couple of negatives uh, in terms of the lineup. I think they've got 200 plus games. Um, I like the fact that when games are leaving, they, they give you the heads up beforehand and then they give yep. you a discount if you want to purchase them. I know it falls into ownership and all that, but that's a different topic. But I get that. That's, that's a fair point. So I agree. I think the future is going to be the complete drop of Xbox Live. Yep. Why pay? Why charge people to play online if you're already charging them to play a service? You know what I mean? For yep. instance, like PlayStation Now, before I go into it, if you play a PlayStation Now game on PlayStation Now and play that online... You don't need PlayStation Plus to do that. As long as you've got the PS Now and you're playing it on that service, it's irrelevant. So I think that's where the future is kind of going, right? And we said this last week, why with Xbox Live would we want free games when Game Pass is 200 plus? So I think the future is consolidation. We'll drop Xbox Live and just have Game Pass or come up with something where it's everything all in one, which is quite quite ironic with Microsoft's history. And then we'll add in... Uh, xCloud and make it its, its thing. I think it's really yeah. strong. I know it's not making Microsoft a lot of money because I digged into this a fair bit and they've actually spoken about that. Aaron Greenberg said, look, it's not making us money hand over fist. It's, it's a long-term type initiative. It's a long-term goal to get people into the service yeah. to then sell them the other It's all about the ecosystem, it, yeah. right? Being in, part of the Microsoft family. In terms of, again, great service. In terms of if if it's really going to do anything in terms of moving the needle from one console to the other, probably not, right? And Microsoft right. know that, but that, that's okay, right? It's not all about beating Sony. As long as you're doing well in your field and you can do your own thing and be successful, it's not always being on top. I think... They've they got a good do. service. They don't need to change it. Yeah, exactly. So as long as the, the new console comes out and does well, I think the console, you know, off topic, but I think the Xbox leading into the future has got a few issues it needs to solve out first. They need to solve the naming convention of their console. They need to have a clear vision because that's the biggest issue with Xbox. And I'll be very quick before I move on is Phil Spencer's, for instance, has spoken about, we don't believe in timed exclusive. We think that's anti-consumer and he backs that up with game pass. And then they have their press conference and it's Xbox launch exclusive and timed exclusive. It's just like, okay, it's kind of contradictive. So I think they need to just, Zone in on one message, stick to it, and it will be successful for them in the long run. Just like how PlayStation has had for the gamers, which you're going to touch on now. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> PlayStation Now is, again, a completely different beast. Uh, was, you know, born out of the, the PlayStation acquisition of Gaikai for $380 million in 2012. So, Sony actually kind of led the way with this because they started this initiative back in 2012, again, when they brought... Uh, Gaikai. And again, they brought a streaming platform or service for $380 million. You, if you were to do that today, you're talking huge Billions. numbers. Like that's nothing. That's nothing. So they were clearly ahead, I guess, uh, in that sense. In terms of the numbers, you know, Sean mentioned Game Pass is at 10 million subscribers. 
PlayStation Plus, uh, PlayStation Now isn't quite at that point. I think in 20, financial year 2019, they released 2.2 million subscribers. But in saying that, so they did an analysis in 2018. So in 2018, Sony had 1 million PlayStation Now subscribers. So again, this is one year into Xbox Game Pass. They might have had 3, 4 million, say. Sony had 55% market share in terms of revenue for subscription services that year with 1 million subscribers. And that is more geared to the model itself. They're charging more for it. It's it's completely different thing. So in terms of what's making the company more money, PlayStation Plus, uh, I keep saying Plus, PlayStation, PlayStation Now, now <laughs> is clearly dominating in that sense. And the, the platform itself has its positives, right? It's both a streaming service and downloadable service for PlayStation 4 and PS2 games. You can play on PC. It's got over 800 games as opposed to Game Pass only having 200. Uh, for instance, I forgot what I was going to say. For instance, yeah, if they were to combine it with PlayStation Plus as a future thing, which I think they're going to do, it, it, that's clearly what's going to happen. Where I think they struggle, or not where I think they struggle, the reason, there's been conversation, why doesn't Sony do Sony Game Pass or whatever they want to call it? I mentioned when we were talking about those games with the PlayStation All-Stars, you know, I was reading out, oh, that sold 10 million, that sold 15 million. Yes. Why would Sony put Uncharted on Game Pass when the past, the Uncharted 4 sold 15 million units? Why would they put Horizon on Game Pass if it sold 11 million units at $60 at retail, right? So Microsoft are in a position where their games aren't selling as much so they can afford to do this subscription because even if it equals around about where they were before, they're ahead because it's, it's a PR move and it looks great. Where Sony are just hand over fist making money on, on the sales of these games. Ghost of Tsushima sold out in Japan. Like These games tend to sell 10 plus million units. So... In terms of if Sony will ever go to something like that, I don't think that that will be the case. Moving forward, what I want to see from from PlayStation Now, I keep saying Plus, is similar to what I said about Xbox Game Pass. Have a, a clear message. Have a clear vision. Relaunch the platform. And I think that's what they're doing. If you remember back in May last year, I know that seems like 10 years ago, Sony actually partnered up with Microsoft to share that Azure platform and some of their streaming farms across the world. So they're clearly gearing for that. I think the service alone is quietly successful, but if they want to come out and say, we are launching a new platform, combining PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, that, that is clearly what they're going to do. We don't know anything about PlayStation's UI or services in next generation. The rumors obviously in August, uh, they will do that. The last thing I want to mention is pricing. So uh, in the US, because again, it's not out in Australia, PlayStation now per month uh, was $19.99, right? So $20 per month. That was actually cut to $10 per month when they kind of reassessed everything. So they were charging a premium for the service. So they're now readjusted to $10 per month. And that saw a huge increase in subscribers, I guess, moving into 2019, into 2020. They've also announced that the, the service was getting some of PlayStation's big IP. So I think they launched that with uh, GTA 5, God of War, Uncharted 4, and Infamous Second Son. So that was part of their new initiative that would start swapping in IP. So in terms of what they will do in the future from a business perspective and what I know best, they will rebrand PlayStation now. 
it will rebrand with PlayStation Plus. It will have first-party games on there, but you can count your your you know your NES SNES games in the background there, Sean. They will not have Uncharted Six as a day one game because it just doesn't make sense. And I don't agree with the fanboys online that are like, oh, we're happy to pay sixty dollars per game. No, if you can get it for cheaper, why wouldn't you? But Sony just are not in that position, and that's not the game they're playing. Again, going to their marketing, we're a console. We believe in generations. We're making these games for PS5. You'll buy them for PS5. Any ancillary services need to work, but they're not key to Sony's strategy. So I'll leave it at that. Hopefully I summarized it and it all made sense. Yeah, that's all right. Vinny, you got any ideas on PlayStation now or any questions for Josh? (laughs) I think that one of the big issues with PlayStation now is that we have not experienced it. We cannot experience it, us being in Australia. It's it's hard for me to forge an opinion on it, judging whether or not it's good or bad. I understand where they are two different legs, uh, Xbox and Sony. So having, it doesn't make sense having a mm-hmm. game released day one on their PlayStation now. It just makes sense for that not to happen as a Sony marketing perspective. But yeah. for Xbox, it makes sense. So those are the two. People got to take these away as these are two different races that they're running. Yeah. And uh, Nintendo Switch Online is in the potato sack, falling down, spinning around in a corner on the short bus. Like they just, they don't know what they're doing. And but, Sony's yeah. still experimenting, right? The, the Horizon's coming to PC and that game... That was a, that's that's a that's how I see PlayStation moving forward. They're very PlayStation's actually, and it's clear because they're successful, are actually really smart, right? Yeah. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn came out what 2017. They've extracted 10, 12, 11, 12 million units from that game. They've announced the sequel. So now, now that they've ex- extracted all the sales that they can get from that game on PS4, we'll bring it to PC. People that are saw that saw the trailer for the second game are all getting hyped. What do they do? They're going to buy Horizon on, on PC because they haven't played it if they don't have a PS4. Myself and then included. what happens when the sequel comes out? Where do you play it? You have to play it on PS5. So they are very smart in, in that sense. Okay. Uh, no, like I... Because I, I don't have experience as well with PlayStation now. So yeah, if, yeah. what you're saying does make sense. <laughs> I, I think that that is a um, that's a disclaimer that a lot of our listeners and watchers are going to have to take into consideration that we are here in Australia, uh, at a place where we do have Game Pass and Nintendo Switch Online, but not PlayStation Now. So that's actually my first question: Why do you think it's not here in Australia? I have I really don't know. I don't think I think the the, the amount of work it need to set up in the back end is just. You know, you're talking 2.2 million subscribers, again, as of 2019, for what a console that sold 120 million units. So I think it was on the table at some point. I, I think as the conversation evolved leading into Azure, because I know they've got, uh, I think, farms in Sydney or something where they could kind of leverage that. Maybe they didn't have access to kind of those that network here in Australia. So what I think has happened, it was definitely on the table, right? Australia is, I guess, is a bit of a drop in the, the ocean in terms of scale, but... Yeah, I think Sony know we just we're successful. Let's just we're gonna work on it, and it will be announced for PS5. But why bring it to Australia and PS4, and then we change it again for PS5 anyway? So I think we will see it in this new iteration. I think they're just quietly working on it in the background. 
Don't forget, this is the company that only just allowed us to change PSN names. Yeah. And actually answered customer service responses. So <laughs> they're, look, they're, they're, they're taking it step by step. At least they know what the internet is. Uh, Nintendo should catch up on that, as I said, in 2038. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, okay. So uh, for those of you listening or, or watching, like that's a little bit of research done by all three of those uh, gaming subscription services. So not gold and PlayStation plus. I think that they are, they are the only ones that can really be compared. Yes. Uh, compared yes. to everything else. Nintendo uh, switch online. I don't think could be compared. I think they're still in the 20th century and therefore it's an unfair fight. But in terms of they're game pass, rocks. Yeah, <laughs> they're still trying to light fires. Um, but in terms of a PlayStation Now and Xbox Game Pass, we've already got something in, that's happening now for both of those, and they're both pretty large players. Uh, Game Pass, you would say, is more in terms of a service, whereas PlayStation Now is probably more in terms of getting more consoles into homes. Uh, as Josh said, they're not focusing on your first parties. They're focusing on the yeah. 800 other games. One's a uh, primary mover, right? It's a primary conversation piece. It's brought up in secondary. press conference. And the other is like, I don't remember the last time PlayStation's mentioned PlayStation Now. Maybe in 2019 yeah. when they did the price cut. So it's just yeah, a different, exactly. completely different yeah, strategy. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the, um, the lesson to take away from this is the fact that all three major companies, so Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are all going in three different directions. One is about the quality of games, no matter how many or how little they have. Mm -hmm. One is about a service that they can provide in order to play the games that they provide on any service. And another one is about the quality of those games on its platform. And so in terms of that, I think the discussions that all three of us had, and you guys can cut in whenever you want, but I think that the discussions for those three really puts all three in a different market. I think this is kind of, and Josh was saying this, I think it was either last week or the week before, where it does seem like these consoles are going in different directions and it's no longer going to become a case of PlayStation versus Xbox or console versus handheld or anything like that. I, I think they, they are different conversations because it's different consumer bases being taken into account. So what do you guys think? Um, do you want to go first, Vinny? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I They're all running their own race at this point. And I said that before and I'll say it again. It's they're, Everyone's finding their niche at this point. I think the console war is over and it's all about finding everyone else's strength at this point and getting them into, slotting them into their own individual sections. So whether it's games as a service, the traditional console or handheld console cross-platforming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Josh? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the, cons the term console war is just purely created by internet. It was fanatics, the generator. Right? It's, 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 it's a thing, right? It's something we all did at some point in some degree. We all came out of E3 and said who had the better show. But I think... The reason it was previously like that is because we haven't seen a generation where they've been so different. You look at PS3 and 360, they were the same thing, right? It was just another console, both pretty, they have HD graphics, one's got Gears of War, one had Uncharted, which was better, okay, whatever. 
now it's and in to some extent the same thing was with Xbox One and PS4. But I think moving into this generation, where as as you both said, right, they're both taking different strategies, approaches, and the the word gamer or gaming is different even from when we were at game traders because I think you could really put people in buckets back then. It was you're a console gamer, you're a PC gamer, you're a handheld gamer, you play on your phone. That's it. Now it's like I play you know, games of a service game. I play just Destiny and that's my thing. Or I own a console and buy physical games like mostly I think Sean and Vinny all do, right? We all, we're probably more in that traditional sense. There's people that, that come in who, you know, Game Pass is perfect for the person that just plays FIFA or just plays Call of Duty where it's like, okay, what's well, $60 a year and I'm going to play those games online. Oh, hold on. Like, oh, I can pay this and I've got access to another 800 games and it brings them into the, the gaming society. And that's what we want at the end of the day. You know, Sony need Microsoft as Microsoft needs Sony, and we all need Nintendo because we need you know kids to come through. Unless you're playing Knack, uh, which is fine by me. So yeah, I, I I agree with what you've both said. So it sounds like there there is meant to be competition between the different consoles and companies, but there won't necessarily have to be moving forward. And that's actually a good point. We didn't mention EA Access, Origin Access, or any of those sorts of subscription services, but I guess that's a conversation for another time. And at that point in time, we're actually going to wrap up our podcast. So thank you very much for listening to this very long podcast with a couple of really good in-depth analysis of PlayStation All-Stars Dream Roster, uh, as well as the, uh, the console subscription services such as Game Pass, PlayStation Now, and Nintendo Switch Online. So you've been listening to Busy Playing Something. My name is Sean, and I've been your host for this episode. You can find us on our podcast feeds as well as our socials, and feel free to always drop us a line. Anyway, we'll see you next week. See you later. Vinny, close us off. May the power protect you. Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension?